I took Louie, my dog, to Gettysburg with Mel. And he was great on the drive. Got him a pup cup, which he loves. And then Mel went inside to look around. I've been several times, so I'm fine. Mel went inside to look around. And Louie and I hung out by the Abe Lincoln statue. Like you do. Mm -hmm. And Louie... The statue is Abe Lincoln sitting on a bench. And Did the whole your dog shit on him. Abe Lincoln? No. God, I wish. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't wish, but that'd be funny, right? <laughs> no. But he kept trying to get Abe Lincoln to pet him and was, like, really upset that he wasn't. And then, in fact, I'd say he's so upset that he chewed through his leash <laughs> and suddenly I had an unleashed dog. Now... It was fine. I tied it. I did a great square nod. It was doing great. We went out. We walked around, looked at some monuments and things around the area, memorials. And then while we were walking back from Gettysburg, the knot broke. And now, instead of having an unleashed dog in a small area in front of the Gettysburg building, I had an unleashed dog in the wild west of just Gettysburg sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we do not go at him. We're very chill. And so we like walked and walked and then Mel was like, come here. And he was just like, oh, I'm a puppy. And he just like came over and it was fine. But for a moment, I was like, how do I tell my wife that I did lose our dog in an American battlefield? <laughs> what do I do about that? It's fine. He's that? fine. He's asleep now. He's very happy. Um, But there was a moment of fear there. That's fair. Evolution certainly did end. What I can say about this season of Criminal Minds is that it certainly did end. The thing... Okay. (laughs) A couple of notes. One, Should we do this pre or post theme song? Sorry. Let's do it post theme song. Let's put the theme song first. Let's do the theme song first crazy idea what if we played our theme song right now Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to Wheels Up, a Criminal Minds podcast. I'm James. And I'm B. And today we are finishing season 16 or season 1 of Criminal Minds Evolution. We are watching uh, Memento Mori and Dead End. Yes, and I have some criticisms right off the bat. I also have some criticisms right off the bat. <laughs> some commons, questions, concerns. Step one, it's so fitting we're doing this on Super Bowl Sunday because fuck if this episode didn't remind me of the Hankel ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you, actually. The whole, like, camera on the team member who's missing and they, like, send codes through the language and we have to, like, figure it out. And he's got daddy issues. I was just like, is nobody... Going to talk about the no one even was like, I hated this when it happened 15 years ago to read, and I hate it now that it's happening to Rossi. Here's the thing is nobody has wanted to talk about the Henkel episodes since they happened. They happened and then they just got completely forgotten. 
except for like one time Reed maybe mentions his drug problem. Other than that, we don't talk about it. God forbid we reference a past case. God forbid. <laughs> but yeah, no, now that you mention it, that is very Henkel episode of, minus, of these episodes. Minus the religious aspect, mm-hmm. these are the Henkel episodes. Yeah. What? Here's my question for you, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. What if they hadn't gotten renewed? What if they hadn't gotten renewed? How fucking unsatisfying of an ending would it have been? I would have been like, "What is Gold Star? Here's Who is actually, coming to talk to Elias?" Actually, can I can I can I say something about the the all the Gold Star mentions and then also all the Elias scene at the end? I think mm. they shot alternates of those scenes that did not have mentions to Gold Star. I think that and the way it is so surgically cut from the episode and only mentioned by two characters by word. I think the end. I exactly. I think they played it safe and they wrote alternates for those scenes and then just cut it after the fact that they or they just cut it together after the fact. Or they already knew they were getting renewed when they were filming. They just didn't tell us until they were about halfway through season one. Either way, I think. Those scenes, especially to me, seem like they could cut in or out. No problem. I think you're right. I think there was probably like a take of Bailey talking that didn't include the Gold Star mention and all the Rebecca stuff that was just the Attorney General, Bailey and Rebecca could easily have been cut. Like, I think, you know what? Now that you say it, you're right. It was very contained and could easily have been removed. And they just sort of waved it away, even during the episode, they just sort of waved it away as like, oh, politics is happening right now. You know what I mean? Right. So like, it, it was very much... Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. My third note, every time they said gold star, I was like, gay. Right? I was thinking of those fucking curious cat spam bots that are like, are you a gold star lesbian? In if case you don't, you don't know, know what, what a means. gold star lesbian is. <laughs> if you don't know what a gold star gay is it's somebody who has never had sex with someone of the other opposite sex so like a lesbian who's only slept with women and can i tell you gang fucking stupid concept dumb dumb as hell but it yeah, all, it, yes. every time they said it, I was like, are you a gold star lesbian? In case you don't know what that is, like the right. fucking curious cats of my am. It just yeah. makes me giggle. There's a, a non-message and it always makes me laugh when I see that people have gotten it because they're always like, what the fuck? Like being a gold star isn't that big of a deal, blah, blah. And I'm always, I always will reply and say like, hey, this, this is, is a spam. It's been around for a solid 10 years. Like, ignore it. But it's funny. Can I also mention something else that bothers me about these last two episodes? Please do. Uh, IMDb still has Sydney Voigt's name listed as Bridget Voigt, and now every time I'm fucking looking at the IMDb, I'm like, that's not her right name. That's, that's wild. not correct. That's wild. Okay. Shall we talk about these episodes then? Those? I'm trying to think of if I have any like, big things at the beginning. I don't. Those are my main things. We'll sort of get to get get to mine as we go along. Exactly. Okay, so we got our previously on previously on Criminal Minds. They tell us about Tyler Green, that Leah Sicarius, Penelope being romantic, and Emily saying, like, stop it, but they fuck anyway. Romana is like, I'm not going to say it's void. 
Sicaria is talking to the wife, Rossi knocking on the door. Great. Okay, okay. B, I know you have feelings about this. The black and white flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Why, when have they ever? When have they ever? And also, I have to know, what the fuck was the point? What the fuck was the point? You didn't even push the colors to do interesting things. You know? Like, this is something you can tell they, like, either they turned it black and white in post... Or they just lit it for normal color and not for black and white. Because, hey, gang, you can tell when something is lit to be shot in black and white. That's why old movies have that really good contrast, right? Because mm-hmm. it's they only have two colors and some shades of gray to work with. You know what I mean? You can tell when something is lit for black and white. There is one time I can tell you on Criminal Minds they have done lighting for black and white. There's one episode where they did it really good. And then one other scene I can think of outside of that episode that they did it good this is absolutely not that. This is, they just turned this grayscale in post for funsies, I guess. I don't know what the fuck the point of this is, and it pisses me off. There is, mm, no, what the fuck good. is the point? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Absolutely. No, you're completely correct. You should say it. What's the point? And What's I love, point? here's the thing. I fucking, I wish more shows did black and white for literally any reason whatsoever. There's never a, (laughs) there's hardly a bad reason to go black and white, gang. I think it's fucking interesting. And it's, when you use it correctly, it's really, really good. And it makes the rest of the episode stand out sharper in comparison. Legacies of all TV shows did a really good episode (laughs) where they did half of it was noir, black and white, and then half of it was just a regular episode in color. And you know what? They did the lighting and it fucking banged is the thing. The black and white fucking (laughs) hit. And this show couldn't do passable grayscale. Get out of my fucking face. Get Get this out of here. I hate these fucking flashbacks. Also... The big dates, well, I appreciate a date. Across the whole they damn screen? never, first off, across the whole fucking screen. And second, they have never done this before. They're usually purposefully vague with dates. And while I'm thankful, thank you for telling me certain things, I don't like it. Actually, now, here I am getting the thing that I've always wanted. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> if they had stuck it to the bottom of the screen, I would have been fine. If they had stuck it to a lower third, sure. Live your life, do your whatever. I love that. It's the same thing as those giant place titles. It just is weird. It's just weird. It just, again, it's very much giving YouTube video essay. And why do they need to do that? And for what? And yeah. for what? <laughs> okay, so the flashback, we like hear Rossi's vows at his wedding to Crystal, but he's, like, looking at a picture of them, and he's, like, in his suit, but then it's, like, the funeral. Also, Emily had a shit She's in her funeral so dress. Hot. She is so hot. Like, the okay. <laughs> the gray suit she's wearing for, like, both of these episodes, mm. it's, like, the dark black with the little gray specks. God, she looks so good. Okay. Anyway, the flashback is Rossi being sad. He left the funeral early. Oh my god. Rossi crying? I literally was like, now I feel bad for roasting him in our season three. <laughs> I know. We come, off of, we come off of the biggest Rossi roast of all time, and then we're like, this pitiful old man. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know this is getting a little ahead of things, but when Elias is like, I don't need to drug you, 
I don't need a gun. You're old. You're fucking 70 and I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Yeah. Why is he in the field? <laughs> also, oh my God. When Elias is like, I have these friends, I mean, well, they're podcast hosts. I was like, wow, so me coded, actually. This is so us coded. It was like, it literally was like, they've gone through every one of your crimes and they think the BAU is actually bad at profiling. And I was like, wow, that's so us, actually. I was like, is this this about me? Is this about us? I need to find that fucking Pam and something. I need to find that fucking euphoria meme where it's like, is this fucking play about us? Like that's this play about us. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Podcast hosts who don't think the BAU are very good at their jobs. Wow, they're so me and James Conan, actually. (laughs) Bum 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 bum. Still no theme song. Hey James, call your shot now. Do you think the theme song is coming back next season? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If they do the theme song, then they have to like admit that they weren't doing the theme song on purpose, you know? Okay. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And but if they don't do it, I will um murder them. So So some pros, some cons to both sides here. Some wins, some losses, yeah. who knows. Okay, here's the thing. Okay. Rossi crying, sobbing, and Emily's like, oh my god, Dave, I'm so sorry. And he says, but basically he says, I couldn't bear to see her being lowered into the ground. Which is, like, so I true, actually, though. Yeah, yeah, and he, like, feels bad that he wasn't able to see it through to the end, but he's also like, I couldn't bear to, like, see her be buried and to know that she was now forever underground. So I, you know, okay. But then they do this great, again, with the transitions. Oh my god, the cinematography in these two episodes... They're kind of in their little are so good. They're kind of in their bag, actually, right now. Here's the thing. I'm talking shit about Evolution for, like, their title cards. But actually, the editing and shit is, like, really good in these episodes. Yeah. Like, here's the thing is it's all really good that it makes the bad stuff stand out. Right. Okay. But so Rossi's holding a photo of him and Crystal, and it fades to him holding a photo of Elias with his wife. And kids, which is like, ooh. And then we get this... Okay. Okay. We get this scene with Sydney, and I love that Sydney has now become... She's like a, a, character, a person. Elias's wife. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that we see that, you know, she's kind of doing, like, the good wife thing of, like, believing her husband. And, like, slowly over the course of this, she like, realizes, and, like, everything comes together, and I love her. So, um, so Rossi shows her a picture of Elias, the CCTV picture, and she's like, where was this taken? And he says, Chattanooga. And then Elias calls her, because he, they have, like, a ring doorbell, and he got a a alert that Rossi is there. And, like, she says that this is David Rossi, and then he thinks about, like, the book we saw him reading, and he gives her orders. He says, get your kids to your mom. Don't panic. Don't trust Rossi. He's very dangerous. And get a lawyer. Say so you're not going to talk to him without a lawyer. And he starts spinning the narrative of David Rossi being very dangerous. And, you know, he's going to try and kill you and, like, stay on the phone. Because if you hang up, then he can get you. But he won't with a witness. 
And Rossi clearly is like, he gets it. He knows what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's very nice. And he's like, here's my card. Goodbye. I have a question for your husband when you get a chance, etc. And the wife, though, clearly like is trusting Elias. So, yeah. I love Sydney. I love her. A lot. I love her. Yeah. And I think a lot I, of what this episode, I think the best part of this episode specifically is the way that you can see this push and pull between Elias and Sydney and how you very much can tell that she's initially like, she trusts him enough to wait until he gets home to tell her an explanation. But then the explanation he gives her, like you can tell it doesn't track with her. Like, you know, like yeah. you can tell he like needs to make up more parts of the story because she doesn't believe his initial bullshit, which I really like. I like that you can tell like she trusts him to get the to get Rossi out of the house and to wait until he comes home. And then he like plants like a trigger phrase basically with her of like if she goes with Rossi, she'll die. And then like Rossi does that exact thing. And you can tell that pushes her more towards Elias. Like the push pull between these two. Very good. And again, um, these actors are married, and I think you can very much tell with the way, I don't know, they are they are both very good at their jobs right now. And I'm like, oh, yes. you are two people who genuinely do like each other and have conversations about trust and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell. Yeah. And I think, too, that, like, her arc is believable. In the beginning, she's totally just like, how is business? How is this? How is that? Totally doesn't even know about the money troubles. It's just totally like, mm-hmm. I trust you. I trust you. Bye. And then as he gets weirder and as he starts like leaving more often and he lied to her about the job thing and just like, you know, this and that, she's like, at some point, even if she doesn't suspect he's a serial killer, like at some point, he has had to like explain things enough that it's like, I don't trust that you're not lying to me again. Yeah. You know, it just becomes like too many lies. And like, she has had to seek out information from him too many times. Mm-hmm. And I think he really fucked up when he left for like the 10 days. Rossi goes to the Seattle field office, which once again, where is my L mention? Where is my Hotch mention? You know, L just Whatever. like did not... Elle did not continue in law enforcement after that. But it's like funny. It's like they keep going to Seattle and like no one's going to mention that like a number of them have worked in Seattle. Yeah, no. Anyway. Also, they don't, but they don't talk to any Seattle people like at all in this. It's like literally they, they talk just to that have one to have dude. an office. That one dude says, He's like, hey, hey somebody's here. here to see you. And then that's it. That's it. Fuck the Seattle FBI. Okay. Anyway, that's why they are. And Rossi is like, his wife looks exactly like Ramona. Oh, that was Ramona. And Rossi's like, give me all the info about Elias that you can. And they say that he's a network, he was a network security analyst who works in high-end cryptography, which is why he's been able to stay ahead of them. And Penelope's like, I'm going to wreck him. And JJ has made a board. Congrats. So he and his wife have been married for 16 years which was right before his first kill. And his two kids, their birthdays are in line with when he stopped killing for a little bit. So like every time a kid is born, he pauses in killing, which makes sense. Tara says, it's hard to be a new dad and a psychopath at the same time, which I appreciate. 
And she's right. You're really busy changing diapers. You're too busy yeah. changing diapers to do murders. So then Emily is like, we have to do something to justify reopening the case. And then we see Elias come to Rafi. I, oh wait, okay, let's do this and then I'll talk about it. We flash back to May 2020. God. Another one of these grayscale flashbacks. Fuck. I know. Tara is at an Al-Anon meeting. And if you don't know, Al-Anon is not AA. It's not Alcoholics Anonymous. It's for the family members of alcoholics, right? Or it's like if you care about somebody. It's a it's the non-religious ah. version of Alcoholics Anonymous. Because if you don't know this, Alcoholics Anonymous is very religious. Of the 12-step programs, like five or six of them are God-related. Or like find peace with God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like trust in the higher power, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So Al-Anon members are people who are worried about someone with a drinking problem. And that's why there are family groups. And they're just right. And then there are like this groups for alcoholics. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why Tara and Rebecca discuss qualifiers. Who's your qualifier? Meaning, why are you here? And Tara came because her father was an alcoholic and her ex was an alcoholic. Rebecca came her because is- her father was an alcoholic and her ex was an alcoholic. And Tara. Well, Rebecca, uh, Tara came Both because of, of Daryl, but I don't think Tara, Tara didn't mention her yeah. father. Yes, she did. She was like, like you, my father was also an alcoholic. And my but he, she says her qualifier was her ex oh, too. Okay. I didn't catch that one. I literally just caught the ex conversation, so what I don't when did she break up with Daryl? That's also what I wondered. I thought I remembered like way far back is the uh like yes. do I look great? I just lost 180 pounds or whatever. I remember right. that. That's like season did 11. She get back with Daryl and then break up with him again later? Gang, for those who haven't been following along with this podcast very closely, in our mainline chronology, we are on season three of Criminal Minds. Yes. Um, we both know approximately what happens at the end of Criminal Minds. Neither of us have watched uh, season 15. Maybe there's a wild last minute romance between <laughs> Daryl and Tara again. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I would know if Tara, like, I knew about Penelope and Luke. I knew about Emily and Mendoza. I would know about Tara getting back with Daryl. So this was just like May 2022. She decides to go to her first Al-Anon meeting because her husband eight years ago was an alcoholic. Which, again, I I, I, I don't want to discount the trauma that comes from being in a partner of an alcoholic. Yeah, for right? sure. Right. Maybe it took her eight years to get there. But it, it is odd to me that it came, whatever. So Rebecca says that she's been divorced. She's been, so I wrote, Rebecca's been sober for a year, which I think is what she said. Or she said, like, it's been a year. She got divorced a year ago. Yeah. Um, her partner was also an alcoholic. And then I said, aren't, like, in Alcoholics Anonymous, you're not supposed to, like, date other yeah, alcoholics. Yeah, that's kind of the point. They, make, they have right. a whole episode about that. Right. They have a whole episode in the mainline I, Criminal Minds. There's a whole episode on the fact that you're not supposed to date within your support group. Right. Which, but I guess in Al-Anon, if you're there, not, you're, you're not the alcoholic. If you're there you for, like, 
somebody else. Yeah, you can both like bond over having those experiences. I guess. I get it. Just I just was like, okay, um, yeah, but they both have alcoholic problems. And then Tara's like, what was your like husband's name or your qualifier's name? And Rebecca's like Eileen. And Tara's like, oh my god, I shouldn't have assumed. Clearly, like if it was in color, we would see her blushing. Like, yeah. Hilarious. Okay. I think. Can I say something? I think it would have made sense if they had flashed further back with this one. I think it would have been okay if this if they'd flashed back to like 2018 with this. Well, we know that they've only been dating for like six months. I know, but I think it would have been okay to put their first meeting back there and then have like played it off like they were friends for a really long time and just started actually dating. Like I think mm. I I think this episode would have been stronger if they had flashed back further than 2020. I think it would have like helped ground this 2022. episode. Twenty twenty two. I know, but doesn't Luke oh, and you Penelope's mean overall. You yeah, mean overall. overall, yeah, exactly. Oh. That like they flash further back. You know what I mean? Well, they can't do that without like retconning the show. But the they could show. They didn't fucking mention Alanon anywhere in the show, and I bet you, I bet your ass, Tara has never said anything like, "I've never been to an Alanon meeting before." Like that, it's not like a retcon if you're just putting it into canon. Also, well, like well, they give a shit, like they give well, a yeah. singular fuck. Let's be well, so real. Well, I think it's you know if, if you have her meet Rebecca way back, then it's like. Where in the last two seasons was Tara not, like, having a crush on someone, kind of dating someone? Like, why would that not have come up? You know, um, I agree with you, though. I think it would have been fine to put things further back. They just only picked events that happened since the end of the show. Which is so... Which, we'll talk about that Luke and Penelope date. Good fucking God, that pissed me off. That pissed me the fuck off. I got... Oh, man. Oh, boy. Don't worry, we're talking about it. Okay, so then we get Elias. He's five foot eight. He's the same height as Emily Prentice. He's just a guy. He's an inch taller than JJ. It's so funny. Also, they gave us his social security number, which I'm like, can you just like put social security numbers on television? Like, there's, isn't that someone? There's like, there's a bunch of. You should know this from person of interest. There's a whole bunch of decommissioned social security numbers that are free to use in art. Okay. You don't sense. know this from person of interest? Come on. <laughs> you never tried to Google one of those social security numbers? I have never tried to Google someone's social security number, no. Anyway, he was also born on December 21st, which like made me laugh. His birthday happens over the course of Minimind's evolution. They don't mention it, though. But his birthday does it. Like, where was he on his birthday? Why would you do this to me, Criminal Mind? Set it in fucking May. Like, come on. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. So Emily's talking to the Attorney General with Tara and is basically like, Elias is baiting us. Like, he walked into the office. You know, he knows that we can't arrest him because we don't have enough yet, etc. And the Attorney General is like, I don't want to reopen this case. I don't want to do this. I don't want this at all. And Rebecca, though, luckily, because, you know, the... um middle ground, a compromise, where she's like, look, we need to cover our asses, because what if Elias Void is securious and now we've just, like, let it go? We need to be sure, so how about, like, 48 hours on a short leash? Let's do this. Okay. And then Tara and Rebecca, like, linger. Also, okay, 
Rebecca's is so hot, hot in her hot in her like burgundy suit with the yeah with the just like the the, the simple chain. black top and the chain like okay 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 okay, <laughs> okay. we love a soft butch in this house okay <laughs> and Tara's basically like can we get a cup of coffee you know I want to make amends and this is uh, a reference to their Al-Anon meeting where they started talking over a cup of coffee so she's like essentially being like can we start over and then Rebecca says, you know, I've been offered a job in the Sacramento office and it's all I've got. So I have to take it. I accept your amends. And you're kind of like, oh, shit, the relationship is like over, over. Mm-hmm. And I was real sad about that. I was like, why would you do this? To me? They're so. They're so. Also, do you think the end of the second episode leaves their relationship like with some wiggle room? Like, you, do you think this gold star stuff is going to like open up the door for them again. I think so. I think so. I think so. I think Rebecca, her actress, Nicole Parson, I think she did a fucking knockout job with Rebecca. And I think they would be dumb not to have her back. They'd be idiots. Idiots not to have her back. Okay. Now we get back to the Seattle field office. Elias is like in a chair, just like bouncing, like not a care in the fucking world. He's just kind of chilling. He's just like chilling and Rossi's glaring at him. Can I just say, I, God bless Zach Gilford. He is such a good actor. He is such a good actor. I think, honestly, nearly everybody we saw on screen these last two episodes fucking killed it. This whole season has been so surprisingly good. I know we don't go to Criminal Minds for the good acting, but I just like (laughs) genuinely... Shout out to the acting this season. I think it's all really good. It's really good. Shout out especially to the new to the new kids on on the block. Shout out to to Doug Bailey and Rebecca Wilson and Elias Voigt and Sydney Voigt. Like y'all are fucking killing it. Tyler Green. Tyler Green also killing. It. I didn't like his performance this last episode, but like whatever. But I just don't like him <laughs> this last episode. So yeah, no, his performance was good. Maybe I just don't like the character. Like seriously yeah. though, shout out to the new kids. You all did fucking incredible on this. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, so Rossi, I also just love. So I love this scene. Oh, I was gonna say. So you need to watch Midnight Mass with Zach Gilfrey. He's so good. You made me cry for real. And then there's a new show that I watch called The Midnight Club, which is incredibly sad. Don't watch it if you have any sort of like terminal illness woes. But he's in it and he plays this like gay guy. And it's like, uh, it's so good. He's like the nurse for the terminal kids. And one of the kids has AIDS. And it takes place in the 90s. So that's like a really big deal. And Zach Gilfrey is like the nurse. So it's like give him shots and like, to handle him every time he like has like a blood issue and it's just like so sweet and endearing and then i went back and i watched this and i was like oh Elias." yeah zach guilford i think is just a really good actor i think actually. I think actually just really good yeah i think he's just a really good actor okay this scene was so fun i think this scene was really important because we've only seen him from a sketchy angle mm-hmm. you know and to see him like this you're like oh this is the guy that Sydney knows. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the guy that's like the normal neighbor guy, you know? Yeah, I just think this was a really good scene to like really understand how Elias has been getting away with it, you know? Yeah, this scene is so lovable and like affable. And you're like, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is the guy who I would, you know, like, this is a guy I would stop to, if he, like, stopped me on the street to talk to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. You're not acting sketchy actively. So. Yeah. And, like, if Rossi wasn't who Rossi was, this would totally be convincing. Yeah. And I think it helps. It helps to understand Sydney. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get why she literally didn't suspect anything. Yeah. No one would suspect this guy. And also why he's such a great salesman. Yeah. I think that's also something they don't do quite enough in like mainline Criminal Minds is showing the killers just like being normal people because Criminal Minds obviously has much less time and they have to sort of like cram like, hey, you're doing your murders now. Why are you doing your murders now? But this is like Elias has been killing for many years and he's affable enough to get away with it for this many years because he's a nice guy and he's sort of like kind of bounces in the chair and he smiles and laughs and talks to you about books and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen some people, since Evolution started, I've been very active in the Criminal Minds subreddit, getting the people's opinion, boots on the ground. Which is, can I just say, fucking insane of you to choose Reddit as your social media of choice. You're like actively walking into a lion's den while you have fucking pork tenderloin strapped to your ass. Like, it's fucking insane to me. Listen, the Criminal Minds Twitter is unhinged. Oh, yeah. And... I'm kind of not welcome in the Criminal Minds Tumblr space. Tumblr is also sort of unhinged in a fun in a fun way, in a not so fun way. Yeah, and it's so like basic. The Reddit, they're asking the real questions. I'm saying that people are really kind of it's mixed responses on this long arc. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm really enjoying it, you know. And what I liked about it is. And I'm excited. I think I'm going to go back and watch these 10 episodes straight through Mm -hmm. because I really liked the episodes that were just like one case an episode with Elias roaming around. And then it was so satisfying to have Elias be kind of the focus of our last two episodes and, you know, feeling like you're finally getting to see something, but it's not 10 episodes of the same thing. All right. The Rossi Elias conversation. So Rossi is like, we have this. It's a picture of you in Chattanooga. Well, Rossi is like, I'm, we're looking for our suspect, and we may have spotted him in Chattanooga. Is this you? And Elias is like, so weird. That is me. I was there around last Thanksgiving, like totally admitting to it. And then Rossi goes, what were the details of the trip? Rossi, Elias has none. Like he wasn't prepared for a follow up question. <laughs> Like, you wouldn't prepare, like, a, oh, yeah, I was there on X account, or I was there for three days. But the thing, I think the thing that Elias, you know, that just kind of struggling with is he, in the past, had work trips as excuses. And when he lost his job, he no longer had excuses, and he no longer had these trips scheduled, etc. So... He's like, yeah, no, that's me. That's I'm just in Chattanooga. And Rossi's like, why? And he's like, um, good question. <laughs> uh, why was I there? Why was I in Chattanooga? Yeah. And then he's like, I've read every one of your books. And then he's like, it's crazy. This one guy like disarticulates bodies and dissolves them in acid, which I put together. He's the acid. Elias is acid, which is the one method of killing. We were missing, we never got the box for acid, and it's because Elias is acid. And 
I really like this scene because Elias is, you know, Emily was saying Elias is beating us by walking in to the Seattle office, but you really get to see it in this conversation. He's like, yup, I was in Chattanooga. Hey, I've read all about bodies being torn apart and put in acid. That's so crazy that, that you found bodies like that in a shipping container. Hey, I live by that shipping container. It was just like so many of those things. And Rossi was like, hmm, and then nice try, kid, you know? And, and I think this is, you know, we can make fun of Joe Montaigne for being Papa Pasta all we want, but his acting in this scene. Was, in this scene, especially, I really liked. It was like, you could, like, I was, I could think that he actually didn't suspect liars, you know, which is a lot of fun. And just the way they're like pushing and pulling at each other, that must have been such a fun scene. It to must do. have. Like There's really good push pull dynamics these last two episodes. Yeah. And they're really good scene partners for sure. And so, you know, they're talking about the books. And Elias says, you know, I know your style. Your style is studying pauses and body language. And he's like covering my lap or leaning away. So he says something, some of them clearly like, he knows. Mm-hmm. He's like telling Rossi, I can act however I want to because I know what you're looking for, you know. And I'm choosing, Elias is basically saying, I'm choosing my body language on purpose, you know, which I like. And then Elias says, you know, it must be tough to write the books because you're kind of giving your killers the rules for killing. And I like Rossi this callback. Up, I like this to callback. To the rules? Like, they're not my rules. Yes. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. They're Rossi's rules, which I think is a lot of fun. And I think it's an unexpected twist. You know, like, when we saw him reading Rossi's book, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's, like, reading, like, true crime. He's, like, studying behavior, whatever. But then for him to be like, you're the one who taught me how to be a good serial killer is like, it makes it personal. Yeah. Elias is telling Rossi, you did this. You know? Yeah. You taught me. I love that. So then Rossi brings up Cyrus, and Elias is like, I don't know, a Cyrus. And Elias is like, was he a bad guy? Ugh, the worst. And then Rossi says, you know, he was found dead in his house, and man, like, any kid he raised, I'd almost feel bad for him. Almost. Hmm. You know, and Elias says, like, you know, when you were chasing that acid guy, your wife almost left you, you weren't sleeping, you almost lost your badge. Like, I know a lot of people who work in the government. I think that's a hint at Gold Star. You know, but they don't get obsessed the way you do. Did you really go the different distance? And Rossi's like, yes, I did. And Elias is just like, Okay, anyway, here's like my phone, my laptop, like a bunch of shit, go through them, that'll prove it's not me, goodbye. It was fun. It's such a good scene. It's a good scene. So then Penelope has gone through all of these things and says, you know, there's nothing on Elias, you know. Yes, he was away from home when Sicarius was killing, but like wasn't in the same places. And except for Chattanooga and DC, which he admitted, 
So he admitted Chattanooga, and we know he was in D.C., but those are both, like, major metropolitan cities, so, like, it's not a strong defense. Yeah. Like, a ton of people were in those two cities at that time, you know? Exactly. So then it's like, you know, can Ramona be a positive ID? She's not answering calls. And then Penelope's like, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Tyler will help us. And then when the elevator opens, it's Tyler and Will. And Penelope's like, oh, you're here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're not the man I was looking for here. Yeah, and then the reason is that, you know, we know that Will is a detective at, in the D.C. Metro Police. We saw that earlier on. And Will says, you know, Allison Green, Tyler's sister, is a cold case for the D.C. Metro Police. So he volunteered to take that case since he has this connection to the BAU, a.k.a. his wife. And so they need Tyler to ID. They need Tyler to ID Elias Voigt. And Tyler's like, he's not there. And basically, like, lies to them and looks Penelope in the eye and lies. And, you know, this whole episode, they definitely want you to think that Tyler is a bad guy, when in reality, he's just, like, trying to finish his plan. We need to talk about the Tyler Greener and Penelope of it all, because... Once we get to the end, we can. (sighs) Okay. There's a lot to go through with Tyler Green. And Penelope. And Penelope. She's not off of my shit list. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. She's not she's off my damn shit list. She's kind of on my shit list. She's kind of on she it says, still. She's kind of still on yeah. my shit list, actually. At the end of the episode, she's like, I was off balance, whatever, but like I fixed it. I course corrected it. I was like, no, no, no. You course incorrected, Penelope. You made it worse. You, you. I know you're supposed to like drive into the to the turn if you're like skidding, but like not this hard, girl. Not this Maybe hard. Full 360 in that bitch. No. Okay. Elias gets home and he's like, Sydney, pack your bags and the kids' bags. Let's go. And she's like, fucking tell me what happens. So he shows a picture of that guy that Moose ate. The dog ate that guy, remember? Because yeah. he looked like the neighbor. And the wife is like, is that how? And she sees, the he's way like, that what? she no. says it, I'm like, so true, actually. So, so true. funny. Call so him on funny. his bullshit. Although I think it's super clever of Elias to use his own murders like as evidence. Alibis. Basically, yeah. Like, he killed Hal because he couldn't kill his neighbor, and now when he needed proof of someone going missing, he used Hal, and he was the one who made him go missing. So it's like, God, Elias, you're good. Not good enough, clearly, but good. Okay. And, but, so... So Elias' explanation is that he didn't actually get fired from his job, he quit because he found out that his company was laundering drug money through cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And Hal tried to blow the whistle, but David Rossi from the FBI picked him up and Hal has not been seen since. And like, if you hear Rossi say, get in the car, that's trouble because he's going to disappear you. And I quit. And the wife keeps being like, well, if you quit, then like, why is this an issue? And Elias is like, because I remember the codes. And I was like, you remember their like Bitcoin wallet? I was going to say, you remember so the password numbers. to your Bitcoin wallet here? Like, come on, my no, guy. No, not even that. Like, 
the only way I watch a lot of Coffeezilla on YouTube, so I like <laughs> I know about cryptocurrency. That's not true. That's not true. But the way you would prove this scam is by having all of the names of all of the wallets and showing the transferring between them until yeah, you can get you would to the need like, to build out the, the the tree, the flow of money, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So he would have to have all of those Bitcoin wallets, which, by the way, it's like 30 numbers and letters at random. Yeah, they're randomized he 32 would, 32 digit codes. It's insane. Yeah, so he had to mem- like remember like 20 of those. And he's like, in my head, the codes. And it's like, you're betting your wife doesn't know how Bitcoin works so hard right now. And he's so real for that, actually, because the average person <laughs> does not know how Bitcoin works. But... Also, I want to say, I like how you can tell how he's sort of building this story as he's going along. Like, she, like, questions him on it and pokes a hole in it, and then he, like, covers it up, and he, -hmm. like, pulls out the wanted poster, and he, like, he, like, has to sort of build the boat as he's going down the river. And I like it. I think what's really interesting about Elias is that he's very, very smart, but he like has that narcissist mentality of no one's going to question me. Why wouldn't they take my word for it? You yeah. know? So he builds surface level alibis. And then anytime anybody asks a question, he's not prepared for it. Like he's like, he yes, I was in Chattanooga. Yeah. He's like, yes, I was in Chattanooga. This is not an out. And then Master goes, okay, well, you're doing there. And he didn't think past that first step, you know? And yeah, it makes sense because he was having all of his people kill themselves. So there was no need to cover his tracks. All he had to say was, I'm on a business trip. And that was, she took his word for it, you know? And when you do have business, usually that like works. That's enough, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure his wife doesn't know how high level cryptology works. Why should she? You're the cryptologist, not her. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think that he's very used to only needing surface level excuses. You know, because like, and also, David Rossi, if you read true crime stuff, you'll know that it's often written in an easy to follow narrative. You know, even if the case itself is tricky, you don't want to read like something that isn't a narrative that doesn't make sense. So yeah. Rossi's books make sense and they're all people that Rossi has caught. So they have ends to them. And when you know how it ends, you can make the story more interesting. Now Elias is finding himself deeper into the book than he's ever been, you know? Yeah. Like, He's the one writing the story. He's not just reading it. And he can't, like, he's good on his feet, but he can't maintain a story, you know? I think that I like that a lot as, like, a, the writers did a really good job on that, on Elias. Yeah, I really like it. I really, really like yeah. it. Yeah. These episodes are good. Yeah. So then Emily says, you know, we can't arrest him. We just don't have enough. And Rossi's like, I think I can push Sydney into talking. And then he gets a voice memo from Garcia, clearly meant for Tyler Green. I had to, um, can I be so honest? I fast forwarded through this little 
section. I could not listen to this old man listen to this voice memo. I was like, no, fast forward. No, skip 10 seconds ahead. She sends a voicemail. My favorite part is Rossi was just like, okay. <laughs> just no thoughts about it. He's just like, whatever. And then we see that it was from Tyler's phone. It's a phishing link. PH, phishing. So that he could track Rossi. And then he books a one-way flight. The way they Great. shoot this scene, I'd like a one-way, a trip to see, a plane to Seattle. One way. All right, shut the fuck up. Don't be, who, when's the last time somebody called an airline to make a reservation? I was like, I was like, he was like, is this Red Wing? I'd like to book a flight one way. I was like, what? Literally Get on your fucking fuck? phone, Google flights. And pick the cheapest Pick the cheapest. One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and go. And yeah, absolutely. There. Then we get another black and white flashback to 2006. May of 2006. Which is, by the way, the year the show starts or after the show started. It's like during season one this is happening. I don't like that. Oh, that'll be fun to put on the timeline. <laughs> Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. What? Tyler Green's sister has her baby. May 2006. Just a little, just a little. We're just pinning that one. We're just kind of putting that in a sticky note. Like, this is happening at this time. Also in the world today, a baby is born. Do you want to hear something so funny? What? While Tyler and Allison are having this nice conversation about her baby, you know what the BAU is dealing with? What? The Fisher King. Oh my god. <laughs> man, that's a blast from the past, huh? <laughs> the Fisher Literally, King. The Fisher King. <laughs> These two are having their most fun, cute little sibling moment. And then across town, fucking a, a decapitated head is getting delivered to Jason Gideon. <laughs> Can I just say, I also really wanted to shout out how this scene was shot. It's... Um, oh, the mirrors. The mirror. The mirror. The way that she's yes. like never viewed like in full. She's always viewed through the mirror right next to him. Like, oh. Oh, so good. And I like how this is paralleled with Sydney and Elias later. Yeah. With the interrogation room mirror. Because I think it's it's interesting. It's like, you know, because in memories, we're not remembering what actually happened. Right? We're remembering how we were feeling at the time, what we were noticing, etc. So when Tyler is having this memory, we only see Allison's reflection. Yeah. We don't see like her herself which i really enjoy yeah and then he's really. pulled out of that memory by a baby crying and then he like checks the tracking on rossi and like walks away okay sydney's at a grocery store buying stuff to take to the safe house she's got canned food a bag of ice mm -hmm. bottled water and then she goes back for wine and then she gets toilet paper and i wrote the product placement the product, they had to pay for these episodes somehow. It was just like, I didn't really think about it, except she like took a thing of like Charmin toilet yeah. paper and walked away and it like lingered on the Tower of Charmin. Yeah. And I was like, this is a pointless two seconds. It's so funny. They paid for those two seconds. And then seconds. Rossi's just like, Rossi's like, hey, girl, what's up? Hey, what's up? And she's like all nervous. She's all nervous. And then I wrote... 
Rossi's doing the exact thing that Elias said he would, being like, this is what Elias is really like. He's a psychopath. He manipulates you. You know, a wedding ring is like um, a shield. And then we see that Rossi still wears his wedding band. Old man. Is- I feel bad for calling the last episode old man yells at cloud.jpg. I feel bad now. Can I say? I feel bad. <laughs> we'll call this old man yells at camera.jpg. No, dot mp4. <laughs> dot mov. <laughs> dot mov. <laughs> No. Now we got it. VLC, right? <laughs> now we like have to go. Old man yells at camera.mov. Old man yells at dead wife.mov. <laughs> no, that makes it sound rude. <laughs> okay. And then he says, Elias is a serial killer. And that's, she's like, okay, that's, you almost had me there. And then he says, you know, let me drive you to the FBI office. And she's like, Oh no, this is exactly what Elias said would happen. Okay. I really like, though, that he specifically planted that phrase knowing that Rossi would try and get her away from him. I really like, like, you can tell that's something yeah. specific that he thought about, and he, like, planted that phrase. I really, really like it. Absolutely. Elias films Rossi and is like, is this what the FBI does? David Rossi, are you following me? Are you harassing my wife? How could you? And then it gets posted to an anti-government Facebook group. And the attorney general is like, this could ruin the FBI. I'm firing David Rossi. I was like, what? I, I kind of get her point, though, is like, that's very clear overreach. And it's like hard to ignore that in court. What that you know mean? what I mean? He followed her to a fucking grocery store, you know? He needed to talk to her, so he went to where she was. I can see how she's... She has to play it. You know what I mean? I guess so. But, like... But also, though, I do think it being posted only to an anti-government Facebook page is really funny. Like, like, what are you talking about? All you have to do is, like, say he's, you know investigating a large crime and needed to speak with a witness and this was filmed by an observer and suddenly it doesn't mean anything you know it's just it was just i just hate when television shows are like the daughter made a tiktok and now the entire world thinks you're a creepo it's like does the daughter have 10 million followers and connections are you talking about the watcher Yes. That Watcher show? <laughs> like, it, the daughter is like, I have to tell you about this. My father is racist because I'm dating a black boy and he doesn't like him because he's black. And then all of a sudden the da- the husband is like, the dad has to like, he gets fired. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all you have to do is my daughter is 16. I don't like her boyfriend. And she has decided that to cause drama, she's going to call me racist. Like, what? This was stupid. This is still just, like, so... Also, Come like, how they even find it? Are you looking at every anti-government Facebook group all the time? Did an NSA intern email baby? Email this link. <laughs> like, hey, today while I was looking at the groups that are on my list, I saw this video of David Russell. Like, what? Like yeah. I under, like I understand that there are well known FBI agents. I can't name any of them, but I'm sure there are people that can. But like 
what? David Rossi, who has famously been catching serial killers for like 50 fucking years, gets filmed once supposedly harassing somebody. Like, would the response not be, well, clearly he's working on a case. Like, yeah. what? I think she's also just, I think... I mean, she already wants any reason to not let them work yeah. on this, you know? Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I get it. I just don't like it. It's dumb. It's Let's dumb. continue. Anyway, Emily supports him, of course. And then Rebecca's like, look, why don't we just pull him? We don't have to close the case. We can just pull him off the field. He's 70 years old. He shouldn't be on the field anyway. So Literally, why? Yes. So then the attorney general is like, okay, well, when he comes back, pull his badge and gun. And Emily says something. And she's like, I'll pull your badge and gun. You can either say yes, ma'am, or you can quit. And then Emily goes, yes, ma'am. Which, God bless, God bless America. <laughs> and that I love Emily Prentice. God, she's so. She is so. So then Elias is in the car with Sydney, and he's like, you did great. We can't go to the FBI because we don't know like how deep this goes. And like we have to hope we don't talk to the wrong person. And then Elias is like, I know a safe place we can go, but I need a day to get it ready. We're going to pay in cash. We're going to stay offline. We need to keep the girls off their phones. And Sydney's like, that's impossible. <laughs> Which is so and funny. She's so right. She's so right. But what I love about this is fucking one or two episodes ago, the whole scene where she's like trying to get them to spend off time off their, off their phones and off their computers and they can't. So now he's like, we need to get them off their phones. And she's like, you know, that won't happen. Exactly. I have been trying. It's not going to, I, this, Okay, listen. I love evolution. Okay? <laughs> because I like everything, this show. everything that is coming up comes back around. Like, that could have just yeah. been, like, a cute family scene. And it would have served its purpose of showing him, like, devolving. But it comes all the way back around. It's just, oh, it's so good. Okay. You can tell that this was written to be binged instead of week by week. Absolutely. And I do have my, like, I have my gripes with the way that we write shows to be binged and only to be binged. But this specifically, they did a really, really good job writing this. And at the same time, with this show specifically, we're watching it every two weeks. You know? And like, still appreciating these things, yeah. you know? So it it does hold up watched over time and it'll hold a binge. So, yeah. I love it. I love this. Is this my favorite season of Criminal Minds? Maybe. Maybe, actually. It's making <laughs> a strong case. I don't think it's going to be season three for me, but season no. three or four, I don't know if it'll beat it, but it might get It's close. top five. It's top, top five, five for sure. It might be five, but it's top five. Okay. Exactly. Penelope is calling Tyler, trying to reach him. And she's like, usually, like, he calls back after two times, but this is four times. And then Luke is like, how much did you call him? And she goes, not that much? Immediate suspicion. <laughs> Luke, okay. I have a theory that Luke is still deeply in love with Penelope Garcia. I agree with you. I agree I, with you. I think he and, still holds feelings for her. 
I do. And I think that when he said the thing about it being clunky, it was purely like for her sake and to save the friendship. Because like on that date, she just like wasn't talking. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel clunky. She was sitting there silently and he was doing his fucking best to have a conversation and she was not participating. Yeah. You know? And so I think that he really likes her. He just likes her. Yeah. He likes her a lot, but like to save their friendship, because he's a good guy. Um, he's like, this yeah. isn't the right time. Yeah. Perfectly oh, and then, reasonable. Which is reasonable. And then Penelope is like, I can't tell JJ because you're just going to like be reasonable and agree with Prentice. And I can't tell So Tara, true wives. So true wives. <laughs> Got each other's back. Tara is too sad. So Luke is like my only option. And Luke's like, it sounds like I was your like last choice. Okay. He's like so sad. But also, they are so funny. This scene no, is so, so funny. funny. She's like, so funny. no, you should do this thing that he did. Luke's like, no, no. Like, Don't tell me about so this. So funny. Yeah, it's funny. Adam Rodriguez, right? Is the yeah. actor. He yeah. is such a good actor. Like, the depth of his character, how he can portray, like, we're silly, we're goofy, we're friends. It's great. But then also, like, you can see that he's, like, sad. And then we cut to the scene of Rossi's, like, in his car in the rain at night. Fucking sad boy hours. And Emily's, like, trying to reach him, but, like, he's not answering. And then Elias, like, knocks on the window and is like, hey, do you want to, like, go inside? I have wine. And Elias is like, yeah, you've only got about, like, seven minutes until this blonde in my living room suffocates. You know. Anyway, Parker on back. <laughs> I love him. He's so funny. And I love it because it's like, obviously, Rossi has to go inside. You say something like that, you have to go inside. But, like, at the same time, you know, you're like, you know it's fake, but you can't not check, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's like, good for lies. Russ doesn't tell anybody. That was something that got me. He didn't send a text. He didn't. Frosty didn't tell anybody he was going to Lysa's house. He's not answering on these calls. Didn't drop a pin. Like, what the fuck, old man? Truly. And then he walks in with his gun. He walks right past Elias. I don't know if Elias is sitting in his chair and Rossi's just like, huh. And like walks in and is like, FBI. I think he's trying to check for the woman theoretically there first. But he doesn't even look at Elias. And then he, like, turns around and Elias is like, obviously I was kidding. Anyway, want some wine? He offers Rossi a $6,000 bottle of wine? Okay, flex. I mean, sure. I love Elias, though. Because Rossi turns around and Elias goes, dude, I was kidding. (laughs) And then we get the clear reference to us. The clear, I'm choosing to believe this is a reference to us, actually. I have these friends, actually, they're podcast hosts. They go through BAU cases and say that the BAU is actually terrible at profiling. Is this, is this play about us? Is this fucking play about us? Is this fucking play about us? It's so funny. Can you imagine if they... Imagine if you and I, James, were a topic of discussion in the Criminal Minds writer's room. I mean, you we imagine? did tweet with Edward Bonero, so... Who was not involved in this, in, this, in this show at all, by the way. 
I still, again, I know, I know, but we do need to say it. He wasn't involved in this show. However, I think it would be funny if we were a topic of discussion in the Criminal Minds writer's room. Fair enough. I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually, they're podcast hosts. Anyway, they have gone through every single one of your cases and they have a pretty compelling argument that the behavioral analysis unit is secretly terrible at profiling. Is this fucking play about us? Are we Dan and Sheila? Are we Dan? Who's Dan and who's Sheila? You're Dan and I'm Sheila. Thank you. I wanted to be Dan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. What if that was, what if we just start introducing ourselves like, <laughs> hello podcast listeners. Welcome to Wheels Up, a Criminal Minds podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we just switch names every episode. One of one of us is Dan, one of us is Sheila. Doesn't matter who's him. Absolutely. Anyway, Rossi says that his body Elisa's body counts at 52. God knows how many more. We talk about the podcast hosts. And then Eliza's basically like, he's acting like Rossi has it wrong. You know, he's like, you're bad at profiling. Like right now, you think I'm a serial killer. And then Rossi is like, you know, you're going to end up killing your family. It'll be hard for you, but you'll do it, you know. And you've had intrusive thoughts about killing them ever since Cyrus. And you see in his face, like Eliza's face, like Rossi is correct. And Rossi's like, that's totally yours. Can I just say, I actually like recontextualizing. I didn't, I don't know why it didn't connect in my brain that Elias's thoughts were like intrusive thoughts. But I'm like, oh, yeah. No, that like, for some reason, that made like a little switch go off in my brain. That was my little light bulb moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are just intrusive thoughts. I didn't know what else to call them earlier if they were like fantasies. I think it's because we were just we were discussing them as fantasies, whereas like fantasies and intrusive thoughts are like opposite sides of the spectrum of things that go on in your head, like by definition. So I, I like contextualizing them as intrusive thoughts rather than fantasies. I think we were saying he was like fantasizing, killing them. But yeah. they're definitely intrusive thoughts. And now, yeah, it's it's easier yeah. to see it in context that they were all intrusive thoughts. Okay, but here's the thing. Is it devolution or devolution? It's devolution, isn't it? Yeah, they say devolution. They're closer. You know what? Here's the thing. It's not de-evolution, so I'm all right with it. He's not de-evolving. He's not de-evolving anymore. Yeah. And then Elias is like, you can't do anything about my devolution, so like, who even cares? What are you going to do, shoot an unarmed man in his own house? And Rossi's like, maybe. <laughs> He's like, I'm fucking 70, who cares? Sure, dude, I'll retire anyway. Rossi's like, I'm devolving, what do I have to lose? And Elias is like, I don't need drugs, I don't need wine, because you're fucking 70. And then he just beats the shit out of him. So true. I'm, again, so sorry to Rossi. I am glad you got the shit beat out of you, Grandpa. Stay home. Stay home. Stay in your office. And then we cut back to August 2012. Elias is walking a pregnant Sydney into their house and is like, the baby would have their own room. This, you know, this house is going to be everything we've ever wanted. It's going to be great. And then it transitions to like, then it like shifts to seeing dots on the floor and the color comes back and their blood splatter. I did enjoy that. Do you think? Here's a question. Do you think the reason they put all of the flashbacks into grayscale was so they could have this flashback in grayscale to do that color transition? Maybe, but I'd hate it if the answer was yes. 
the thing is, I think the answer is probably yes, unfortunately. I mean, I feel like in the past when they've done transitions, it'll be like the floor and then you'll see blood drip onto it. Yeah, that's a that's a common one they do. But I like this one. So what do you want to bet they thought of this transition and then worked backwards from there into making all the other ones grayscale? I, they, I mean, why else? Truly. Truly, they're like, why else? <laughs> okay, Elias is, is like, I'm not killing you in here. My wife would murder me if I ruined her floors. He's so funny. <laughs> He's so funny. I love him, actually. So then we get Elias like goes to Rossi's car, pulls it up to the side of the house, puts Rossi in it and leaves. But Tyler Green is also watching them. And I was like, so is he not bad? Like, is Tyler not bad? Because I didn't know, like, you know, what was happening yet. Uh, but then Tyler loses Rossi's signal, but he's like, I know he's in that car with Elias, so I'm going to follow them. And I was like, Tyler, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, what is going on? Call somebody. Tyler is so fucking selfish. Literally. The dating Penelope, sleeping with Penelope, the, like, he has to be the one who kills Elias. It's like, dude, so many, Elias has killed like 61 people. Maybe more by now. You're not the only one who wants him dead. Like, why do you need to have the satisfaction of shooting him? Like, what's the fucking point? And Literally. if he had, to- if he had told Penelope what was happening, Rossi would never have been taken. If he's like, hey, by the way, I put a phishing email and Rossi, or a phishing call and Rossi opened it, I'm tracking them. Rossi would never have been taken in the first place and Elias would have been captured before any of the other stuff happened. But Tyler is so fucking selfish. Okay, Emily like goes into the briefing room all worried because she can't get in contact with Rossi and they go to the last known coordinates and it's Elias' house. So like, oh no. So Luke and JJ are going to Seattle to get Rossi. And then they put up, he's like, oh, wait, there's some cloud data with like a weird phishing, like a weird link in it. And it's Penelope's voice. And Emily looks so disappointed. And now, in like, now they all know about Tyler. And Penelope's going to go to Seattle to like help find Rossi and get Tyler. And then Emily's like, JJ, I'm going to need you to ask for a favor from DC Metro, which means like Will is going to be with them. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking see why Will was there. I don't fucking... Like, beyond the one phone number thing, and he could have just given that to them, I don't see why he was there the whole time. I think they just want... They felt, <laughs> I said in the end scene when they're all, like, toasting to, like, the future, I was like, ah, uh, normally this is the only scene we would get Will in. In, like, every other scene of Criminal Minds, he's in, like, the last episode. Uh, he's in the finale and that's it. Yeah, I just... I think it's because if he's working the Allison Green case, he's working Sicarious. I guess. You know? No, it's weird. Why are both of them... I guess. I just... I why are know. both parents in the field together? I don't like it. Literally. Like, why? both parents in the field? Why? Like, why? Um... But it was fun. I like him. I just, I like him now, I guess. And so it was like fun to see him on my screen. I did enjoy that. Also, JJ doesn't have to tell him when she's going into dangerous situations if he's already there. He's already there. (laughs) He's there with her. 
Um, yeah. Okay. Ross is in the car with Elias, and he's like, I have to pee. And Elias says, you should have worn your depends. Elias is roasting this old man! And then he says, I thought I was getting David Rossi the hero, and instead I'm getting David Rossi the AARP member. Which is so fucking funny. Get his ass! Get his ass! Get his ass! He's so old and frail. Why are you in the field, Ross? Why are you in the field? Retire or do paperwork. Those are your options, Rossi. Okay. And then Rossi is like, I'm going to pee in your car. And Elias is like, gross. Do it like when I get the next car. And Rossi's like, no, it's going to smell like so bad no matter what. And then he goes, I'm so old. I can't remember if urine has DNA in it. And so... (laughs) Elias is like, God, fine. And then I like didn't like I understand the scene and I think it's very funny, but it's like weird because Rossi like gets out of the car and then just like goes pee. He actually starts pissing. It's like, come on. Yeah, and then some guys drive by and he's like, he has to say everything's fine, whatever. But it was like, was the point just like stalling, or were we supposed to see that like he knows how to play Elias? I think the point was, I think Rossi was hoping that those guys wouldn't show up, that nobody would roll by. I think the point was trying to stall and get out of the car so he could potentially run away or turn back, turn it back on Elias. I think that was the point. I think the guys pulling up was not in the plan. It was not in Rossi's plan either. Yeah. Right. And now we're on the plane, on the jet. And Will says, I've heard a lot about the jet, but I never thought I'd get to be in it. Like, <laughs> Okay, you're kind of funny for that one, my guy. You're kind of funny for that. And JJ just like rolls her eyes. It's like, <laughs> Will is like, I've heard all about your jet adventures. I never thought I'd be here. <laughs> and JJ's like, it's a plane. Anyway, Tyler basically says he gave the DC Metro Police like all of his phone numbers a while ago. But, and they've like tried them over the years, but... Only one works, and it's this one. And Tyler planted a spear phishing link, which is like it's a phone number that looks like it comes from a friend or relative, but is actually like a scam. And the only thing Tyler wanted was Rossi's location because he knew that Voight was going after Rossi. So if he went to Rossi, he would get Voight. And then Penelope says, That's what I get for going after a man with a voided attachment style. Hey, Penelope. Like, that's, you're very funny. Congratulations. That's a very funny joke. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening Sorry. here, girly. This is, I think what, like, kills me is, like, Tyler She's so Green's close a- to being self-aware. Right. But Tyler Green's actions have nothing to do with her. Yeah. You know, they're entirely about him and his vendetta. And, you know, I don't necessarily think he was using her. That he is not thinking about her in any way. Yeah. And that's the problem. You can't have a good relationship with somebody who literally does not think about you yeah. when they're making their own exactly. decisions. He only cares about himself and his own goals. And yeah, so what? Elias is, is you know, away now. That doesn't remove that trait of his there will be other things that he will you know he'll do this for something else later yeah exactly 
you can't have this kind of selfish energy. And also, like, he and Penelope, they don't know each other at all, right? Barely. They've had some good sex, but that's about it. They've had, like, a couple of conversations and some good sex. I She is like, I think this is the love of my life. And I'm like, this man you've spoken to, like, five full times and you've slept together? Like, I get the sex was good, but it cannot be that good. It cannot be that good. And I just, okay. Get over it, girl. Okay. So Emily says that Tyler's, you know, Rossi's phone is off, but Tyler's phone isn't going to be off. And it's weird because they're in Yakima County, which is where the first shipping container was found. And so the plane is going to land in McAllister Field, and they're going to go, and Luke says, I'll go tell the pilots. Two pilots. And Penelope's like, it's over. This sucks. And Will just looks so unimpressed. Penelope is just like, I feel like, you know, JJ and Will have been in a very stable relationship for, you know, 10 12 years now and penelope is that friend whose dating life is a mess who's forever like coming over in the middle of the night to cry and all this kind of stuff and will is like jj i know she's like your sister but this girl makes some bad decisions and jj is like i know but we love her and we support her no matter what so when she's having this whole thing it's like will is like i told you not to date tyler I told you not to date him. Like, <laughs> Will has seen a lot of this girl's relationships go bad. Yeah. And I stand him. He and, he and JJ are just sort of sitting there like, Will's like, oh yeah, I'm the one who makes wine run runs for y'all on girls night. Like, I know. I know what goes yeah. on here. <laughs> and JJ's like, don't worry, we'll debrief later. <laughs> okay. Elias gets out of the car and drags Rossi out. And he basically, he's like, I know it's cliche, like a killer returning to the scene of where it all began, but what's actually going to happen is it's going to look like you committed suicide, like this case got the best of you, and you returned to the location of the first shipping container and killed yourself. That's what it's going to look like. And he holds the gun up to Rossi's face and says, open your mouth. And Rossi spits in Elias's face. So true, old man. Get him. Get his ass. And then Tyler shows up and I wrote, oh... Tyler wanted to kill Elias himself. Great. So then he's okay. Elias has another got got him moment when Tyler is like, it's me, Tyler. And he's like, who? And he's like, Tyler, uh, you killed my sister Allison. And Elias goes, I've killed a lot of Allisons. I don't know what you it's a very common name, he's actually. So funny. He this yeah. whole scene, he's so funny. Yeah, and then Tyler's like, Allison Green, and Elias is like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I can't admit to killing her, you know, but Allison, you know, I gave her the choice, you can either commit suicide or I go kill your baby, and I watched her while she killed herself with a noose, and, you know, that's cool, and then, and then he goes, I'm lying, she died crying like a little bitch, and then just shoots Tyler. So funny, heartbreaking, but fucking hilarious. This is, like, this exchange peak criminal minds to me this is what the show is about Ugh. i'm kidding like, she died crying about... like a little bitch fucking get his ass 
First, he's like, Tyler, Tyler, I don't know you. Allison, Tyler and Allison. <laughs> Just Allison kidding. Green? I don't know if I remember her. Right, here I, I do. Here's a tragic, here's a whole tragic backstory about how she died. I'm fucking with you. She died crying like a little bitch. And then that's it. Like, come on, man. So funny. So good. So funny. So good. I hate that he's evil. He's so funny. Like, this is, like, he's Batman. He's the Joker, right? He's like, the Joker. For sure. Okay. Then we get a flashback to Penelope and Luke's date in 2020. They joke about the beginning of COVID, where Luke is like, have you heard about the, you know, the weird flu coming out of China? And then Penelope's like, oh, everyone, you know, it's not like the world's going to shut down. And I was like, okay. They're so fucking and then it was this. I know, and then they just, like, sit there in silence. And I was like, have they not, like, hung out before? Yeah, literally. Like, all they have to do is, like, hang, like, you're just hanging. You're just hanging out. out. That's you, just your best date. You know, you've been, you've been friends for, like, a long time, and this date is just, like, a hangout, and then, like, you're going to do sex after. Like, come on. God, like, what? Why is this so weird? And then as soon as, and then Luke, God bless, Luke bites the bullet and is like, is it just me or is this a little weird? And then Penelope's like, oh, thank God. Like, it's just not right. Like, I don't think we're matching, whatever. And Luke is like, yep, ha, ha, ha. It's the, let's go find the right person. <sighs> God. God, I miss. I'm so sad for him. He's like, ha, ha, yeah, go find your guy. And then Tyler. I just like that when she talks about Tyler, Luke goes, Him? <laughs> and he's so right for that one, actually. No, he's so right for that. He's actually. so right. Oh. Okay. Then we cut to Will, Luke, and JJ are like, they say Tyler's car is clear. They're like running around. Penelope starts panicking and Luke like comforts her. And she's got Penelope her little fucking finding... dumbass purse. Girl, what, what are you carrying around your purse for? You're in an FBI. Hat? this and you're doing your shit from your phone what are you carrying around that little fuzzy purse for leave it in the car Penelope pissing me off (laughs) I here's the thing do I in main mainline criminal minds do I cringe at Penelope every now and then sure Sure. everybody does do I ever find her annoying no no this season I fucking hate her guts. She's annoying. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. She's just not like, she's kind of got this like, I've done therapy and I know about attachment styles. So I'm healthy in the brain now. But then she's making incredibly, incredibly terrible decisions. I just, I'll be interested to see how this version of Penelope feels when we, after we've watched all of Mainline Criminal Minds, I'll be interested to see how this version of Penelope feels. You know? I'll yeah. be interested to see if this is just like, if this really is the culmination of her character arc, or if she does just take a real right turn into dumbass land. You know? I think it bothers me that she's like using all of this therapy jargon, but it doesn't feel like she's actually it gone into to practice. therapy. She's not helping herself first. Yeah, like, what it just feels like, you know, it's one thing to say, like, okay, I'm anxious attachment, and he's avoidant attachment, so this is how we're going to behave. 
like, okay, like, I get it. She's, here it is. She is treating mental health jargon like astrology. She's when treating she, mental health jargon like TikTok kids are. Yeah. You know? And that's, like, I appreciate the things, like, she's exercising and doing yoga and she's baking. And I like that she hangs up on Rossi when he's being mean to her. And, you know, those things I really like. But when she's just walking around, like, whining and going, no, 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 no. I don't like this guy. I don't like him. And, like, saying, like, you know, this guy has majorly betrayed my trust and jeopardized this case and done all of these things after, you know, seducing me. Ugh, he's got avoidant attachment. It's like, no, he's a fucking asshole. He's just a dick. Yeah, I, I don't like that talk in general. It feels like a lot of, like, it's easy to pathologize someone into being a good person with some, you know, flaws. Sometimes people are just assholes. Sometimes people are just mean. That's just a fact. Tyler, Tyler Green is that. But I don't know that Criminal Minds thinks he's, well, here's the thing. Do you think Criminal Minds thinks Tyler Green is a bad person? Criminal Minds the show. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Ask me again at the end. Let's keep going. Ask me again at the end. We've been recording for like two hours. We need to. Okay. So Penelope finds Tyler, he's shot but alive, JJ calls for a medic, and Penelope says, you know, if you live, you can spend the rest of your life making this up to me. This is like girls who are like, yeah, he cheated on me, but he apologized and took me to dinner, it's like, it's okay, you know. Tara, Emily, and Rebecca get an update. Sydney's car is missing, Boyd's car is at home, and they've set up checkpoints to look for Rossi's car. That comes to nothing. Tyler's unconscious, but he's alive. Elias is going to change cars. Tara's hand is shaking and Rebecca, like, reaches out and, like, holds her hand. This is why I think Rebecca's back. Rebecca's coming back. <laughs> that's why that exa- yeah. that hand motion, I'm like, oh. Even if she's not, though, that's also just, like, yeah, that's a person you care deeply about. Yes. And I appreciate that. It's not, like, awkward exes. It's, like, sorry, it wasn't the right time for us, you know? It's, like, gay people exes instead of straight people exes. You know what I mean? Which is, you know... Correct. Good. There were some gays. Aisha Tyler was like, okay, <laughs> I got this He's one. like, guys. guys, I cannot kiss another man on this show. And then Emily says, the biggest problem is that Voight can literally go to ground, buried, you know, in his shipping containers. Great. And then we cut to Rossi begging not to be put under the ground, begging not to be buried alive. And just, oh my God. I know, you know. God, there's so much. This episode felt like a million years long. How are we still in episode, the first episode? I don't like, know. We need to okay. hurry our glasses up. I'm fucking trying. Luckily, the second one will go by fast. Okay. And then Rossi says, you know, it doesn't smell like death in here. And Elias goes, you're going to be the first. And Rossi's like, oh, this is where Lee died. And Elias started. I got it. And then Elias tosses Rossi a box cutter and is like, good luck. And shuts the door. Great. Elias meets Sydney at the motel and is like, I got to do one more thing. And then they're never going to find us. Penelope gets a notification that Elias is live streaming. Obviously, it's Rossi. And I said, is no one going to reference Hankel? <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, and then Elias says, you know, if you let me go, you can get him back. If you let him, me go, you get him back. Great. And then Rossi's like, help me, help me, help me. Okay. Okay. Yay. A lot of people criticized Rossi very strongly for getting caught. 
thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Yeah. No partner, no backup, no telling anybody where you're going. You're 70. Get out of the field. Episode 10, Dead End. Previously on Criminal Minds, we see Rossi talking to the wife, Elias manipulating Sydney, the wife. Uh, The team learning about Elias, Rossi getting tanked in, Tyler getting shot, and the live streaming. Great. February 28th, 2020, in black and white. David and Crystal are celebrating. Goddamn white. Black and white. I know, I know, I know. Dave and Crystal are talking about celebrating the anniversary of the office and how Rossi's going to be unit chief. And Crystal's like, you're never going to retire. And like, that's fine. Like, I get it. You got to do this job. It's great. And I said that we learned JJ was going to be the unit chief, but then she decided to head up the New Orleans field office which is we knew that she went to New Orleans and then came back. Anyway, I wrote a very romantic scene that I definitely tuned out. Halfway through, I was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> I just, like, They're cute. Listening. There you go. Then we cut to the shipping container. Rossi finds a plug for a light. He finds like the dog leash under the metal table, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the shipping container where the dog was killed. Moose. And then he finds an oxygen level device. So you like know that he's like, buried gonna run out of oxygen and then he just sees like a bunch of pieces of stuff and then he like finds the camera it's going along the cores everything and then he finds like a modem and a box of stuff the way he looks at this wi-fi modem like it's a fucking bomb (laughs) he looks at this wi-fi modem with more reverence than he looks at the actual bomb in the room i know so then we cut to the Seattle office where JJ and Luke kind of give a profile and say that, like, the family doesn't pose a threat, but Void's good at manipulation. So, like, if you go for the family, like, you're going to get shot at. And they need Void alive because Rossi's hostage somewhere who knows. Penelope's trying to track the video call, et cetera, et cetera. And so Tara is like, did we notice anything about the container? Not really. But they decide to record the feed you know, for the next time. And then the attorney general, I hate her. So sorry. I love to see a black woman in power. I hate her. (laughs) She's not killing it. She wants to put the pictures of the family in the media. And Emily is like, Roy will kill his family. He does not want them to learn the truth. He will kill them. So like, they need to make it seem like they're going to negotiate, maybe trade like his freedom for his family's freedom. You know, and it's not like they're not going to go through with the deal. They just need to buy the BAU some time to get Rossi. Because once they get Rossi, Elias has nothing to, like, negotiate with anymore. But the thing that gets me is, like, they have no more proof than they did before Rossi got taken. Except, like, the taking of Rossi in the shipping container kind of, like, proves that it's him. But, like, maybe I don't know enough about making cases, but hasn't, like almost nothing changed fundamentally something very big changes when they when you abduct a federal agent i don't know i think it's a very big change it's a whole different crime you couldn't prove that he did a crime before now he has clearly done a crime He's clearly abducted right. a federal agent. in a shipping container. Like, you don't even need the shipping container. container shit right now. What you need is the fact that he 
abducted a federal agent. The most geriatric federal agent there is. And Elias Voigt got him. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And then Rebecca, again, does a compromise and is like, why don't we only put the APB on the local police and on border control so we have some wriggle room? And the uh, attorney general is like, okay, that's great. Rebecca, stay behind. So Emily leaves. And she's, but she sees Bailey and Rebecca and the attorney general talking. So that's like, that's weird. That's suspicious. That is suspicious. Now we're in California. Now we're in Bernie, California. There's a house there. And the older daughter's like, I'm going to get my backpack. But she tries to get on her phone to like submit her paper. And Elias like straight up smashes it on the ground. And I was like, they haven't told the girls at all what's going on. Like, can you imagine just being like, what the fuck is happening? Are we going to get murdered? Like, Jesus. So Elias looks at the video of Rossi who's tinkering in a box. And then Rossi, like, hears the noise and, like, stares him down. It goes live. And Rossi's talking, but Elias mutes him. <laughs> and starts Which talking to them. Which is so asks funny. I love that Elias is yeah. just like, whoop. Anyway, hey gang, welcome to the show. Like, it's so funny. It's so Joker. It's so, like, that guy from Saw. Jigsaw. The titular Saw man? Yes. The titular Saw of the Saw franchise, yeah. Rossi's going through a kill kit. I was like, I don't know anything that's in this box except for, like, this rope. (laughs) It was, like, all shit that I was like, okay. Voight has been profiling Bailey because Bailey has been the face of the case. What's it called when they do like post recording, voice recording to like lay over? What do you mean? Like actors when they have to go into the studio and like. Oh, ADR. Emily's ADR, terrible. It's not good. In this scene. In this scene specifically, I was like, is that coming out of your mouth? What is going on? I don't know. So then. Bailey's like talking to the guy and then he's like mention the bolo we can rescind it for 24 hours and then like you know Elias and his family can disappear and release Rossi wait hold on what are you saying Bailey Elias... says they're gonna rescind no. the bolo for 24 hours Elias so says Elias says that he wants the bolo rescinded for only 24 hours and then he and his family will disappear and then he will release Rossi. Right. And Bailey's like, no. Order Elias to release his family. We're going to keep his family safe because Elias will kill them before they can learn the truth. And then Elias is like, you seem like the kind of agent who likes a gold star. Clearly a code word. Clearly a code word. Certainly something. You know, certainly something. And then and then we go through the video that has was muted, and they're trying to figure out like what Rossi is saying. And definitely he's gonna say something like coded. So then he says, like, is this it? You want me to die in a flash flood down here? So they're like, oh, where right now is having a flash flood? And then he's like, okay, with a full tick of gas from where he took Rossi, he would be in this area or this area. You know, the search unit's going to be somewhat convenient for the Indio murders and then Yakima County. And then 
JJ says, it's ranging from Arcata to Redding. And I was like, this means nothing to me. I don't live in California. It also means nothing to anybody who does live in California. California's big as fuck. Right. And then Luke and Penelope are going to coordinate from Seattle. And JJ and Will are going to wheels up. <laughs> they got to say it. Hilarious. They got to say goes, it. I again. know, wheels up. This scene between the AG and Bailey and Rebecca is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do, do you think the Criminal Minds writers know what Gold Star is yet? Absolutely not. Not a goddamn chance. Are you kidding me? They know that it has a cool name called Gold Star, and that is they don't this is know Fisher shit. King Part 1 all over again. This is Fisher King Part 1 all over again, yeah. I think, okay, that's actually, I think that, <laughs> I think they have the vaguest hint of what Gold Star is. I don't think they have enough of a hint to be like, this is a DOJ conspiracy. I have seen on the Reddit people asking, like, what do you think Gold Star is? And they think that it's with a um, some sort of like defense technology because why else would Elias be like involved? Here's the thing. I don't think the Criminal Minds writers know exactly what Gold Star is. I think they know that Doug Bailey was at the center of Gold Star, and I don't think Elias Voigt was directly involved. I think he just found out about it somehow. Because he's a fucking cryptographer. He fucking went through and he... What's the word I'm looking for? Decoded all of their shit. Like, I think... I don't think Elias Voigt is directly involved in it, and I don't think the Criminal Minds writers know what Gold Star is. They, they're they interesting. The way that they, like, phrase and word it, though, the, like, the theories could be interesting. Number one, like, Rebecca knows about it and says very clearly, like, it's a DOJ thing that I can't talk about. Yeah. And then also the fact that Doug Bailey just sort of appeared out of nowhere as an efficiency expert. So, like, I wonder if it's... Also, we find out that Bailey is, like, the second highest ranking person in the FBI. He's deputy director. Yeah, I knew that, but I don't know. So here are some theories from the Criminal Minds Reddit on what Gold Star is. A secret experiment where you control people's minds. That's why Voight was able to get the killers to commit suicide, and Bailey voluntarily went in to see Voight. So we're just redoing MKUltra. We're just redoing MKUltra now. Can I tell you what I think it is before you read more crackpot theories from the Reddit? What if it's an artificial intelligence? It's an artificial intelligence agent to do the BAU's job for them. What if it's an AI agent? Uh, someone said that would be amazing. POI crossover. Root back when. <laughs> oh my god, she's still here. Someone said it has something to do with Void's birth mother. And how her family disappeared, leaving all of these expensive assets in California. Maybe mm. something with covert recruiting killers for covert operations yeah. instead of that. I don't buy that. I don't buy the Dexter yeah. route. Yeah, let's see. 
laptops, government operation, NSA software, black op being funded by crypto. Okay, hold on though. I need to read you this theory that is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. I feel like Voight and Bailey were brothers separated at birth. And Bailey was given to one family and Voight another to see what happens to the kids, like a social experiment. They hinted a little to Bailey's father, and at the end scene, Prentice made a point to mention that Bailey's dad was happy his oldest son made something of himself. No. No. I am not here to discredit anybody's reading of this text, but some of y'all be reading the most. And for what? Like, like the most. You guys are reading too much. I but think, also like... I think my bet that I'm going to put down now... Hey, do you want to make a bet on it, James? Do you want to sure. bet on it? Do you want to... You, we each propose a theory and whoever's closest wins. Yeah. The, the whoever's closest, the loser buys the other dinner, I think. That's like a very okay. fair... I think my... My official one is that it's going to be some sort of artificial intelligent killer or artificial intelligent agent. I think they have enough info. I think they'll harken back to the the fact that the BAU is primarily research organization. I think they have enough. They uh, are going to get somebody from the past to voice it if they do at all. I think it's going to be something to do with artificial intelligence that's that's my bet. My bet's on AI. What's your bet? It has to do with the DOJ and the Attorney General. But here's the thing. When Bailey goes mm-hmm. into Eliza's house, they say that they're the only two people who know the truth. Which, what an incredible scene when we talk about it later. I'm so excited I to know. talk about that one. But I'm just trying to think of, like, who, like, who is Elias? You know, like, why would Elias be in it? You know, again, I really think it was just it was just Bailey, and then Elias dug into Bailey. So you think it like dug it, Bailey? Get it? But I'm stop. <laughs> I think Gold Star is going to be some sort of assassin. I'm gonna go. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, You're go, gonna go some sort of assassin or killer, government, government killer, government assassin, or. Yeah, like a major government spy, government assassin. Okay. But like a person or a group of people, not an AI. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to see how this turns out next season. Yeah, we'll fucking see. Because again, I don't think the Criminal Minds writers know where Gold Star, know what Gold Star is at all. The Attorney General Bailey and Rebecca are talking and basically are like, he knows about Gold Star and they talk about the options. There are legal options and extra legal options. Which is a great way of saying illegal, extra legal. <laughs> which is which is the government way of saying illegal. Yeah. So the, Straight up. the legal option is to let Voight go. So he doesn't tell anyone about Gold Star, I guess. And then the extra legal is to kill him. <laughs> kill Voight. The extra legal is to murder this dude. Yeah, and then Rossi and Voight's family would be collateral damage. But the BAU wouldn't be satisfied and they would want to know like why this all happened. And then Rebecca's like, hey, I'm getting transferred. Why am I here? And the attorney general is like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. You're going to take all the blame um, for all of this. 
So I like that the attorney general is just like, yeah, you're my fall guy for this. Straight up. And Rebecca's like, ah, oh, fucking shit. Straight up, she says, you're gonna fall on my sword. Like, ooh. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, and then it's like, what are we gonna tell the VAU? Great. So we cut to Penelope, who finds out that Tyler's going to surgery. And then, this made me so sad for Luke. Luke was like, we will lean on each other during this time. Like, the team needs us. Let's support each other. And Penelope's like, yeah, okay. And Luke is like, yeah, I'll be here for you. And I was like, Bessie, that friend zone is awfully lonely. Yeah. But he's doing his best. I love him. Okay. I think this is where Elias starts to lose Sydney. He starts, he opens one of his kill kits and it's money and passports and she, he's like, this is our witness protection program. And he's like, I made them. It's not that hard. This is like the moment where I'm like, who just has these? Like, I get that he works with like cybersecurity and cryptography and all of that. But like, this is not normal. This is not normal. This is where you start to lose. If your wife is already like, I don't know, you've been really weird recently. And like, do I not trust this FBI agent? And like, what's going on? And then you pull out a military box of foreign money and pre-prepared fake passports for your family. Like, that's something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is deeply... I think this is where she starts looking for a way out. Absolutely. Okay. And also she says, didn't your boss tell us to vacation here? And he's like, no, but like, I told my boss to vacation here. Like, the owner was a big friend of my mother's. And then we see Rossi doing some shit in the box. I wrote, who knows? He's just tinkering. He's really just like putting his little puzzle pieces together. I have no idea what this man is doing yeah. or where he learned these skills. But by God, he's doing something. Sydney, the mom, is talking to the daughters and they're he, she's like i know he's being super weird but he needs our support and the mom is like super chill super fine and then as soon as the kids leave she's like uh, oh no and she like, sees it i like out. that she's trying to keep them calm though yes absolutely and she sees him out in the woods she sees void out in the woods on his phone even though they're not supposed to be like on phones and stuff and she's like weird and she turns to like keep putting away her clothes and she kicks a kill kit under the bed and inside is, like, a gun and the moose collar, you know? And it's just, like, she's, like, what is, what the fuck is this? Like, crazy. And then Rossi somehow made it so that he can start the, the video. Camera. Yeah. This man, like, what? Is not this technologically savvy. He's yeah. not. Yeah. Why are we pretending that David Rossi is fucking Iron Man in that cave making a nuclear reactor for his own heart? Yeah. Why are we pretending David Rossi is Iron Man? He's not. He's not. Yeah. It's. Oh, gosh. So he initiates this video and he's trying to say stuff like bury me in the same way you killed your old self you'll never outrun lee duval and i wrote he is so real 
He's so real for this. He's so real. And then he cuts the cord. He's like, and I said it was so he could finish building his thing. And then he like tapes some like huge syringe, you know, syringe plungers. And I realized, I was like, is he making like homemade napalm? He says, Marine Sergeant Major Rossi, this better work. He made, what is it, like C... So real for this. C4. He made, like, liquid C4. Yeah. He hides behind the table. I would have loved to see him, like, cross himself, because he is Catholic, but he doesn't. And then he, like, blew it up. He, like, blew the doors up. It, like, crossed the box. Yeah, crazy. But then dirt starts falling in, and it's like, uh uh-oh. Back at Quantico, Emily tells Bailey and Rebecca that Rossi has severed communications with the shipping container, so they, like, have to track down Boyd to, like, get Rossi. But then Bailey and Rebecca are like, yeah, we're gonna let Elias go. And, like, you know, at some point, Canada and Mexico will, like, give him back. And Emily's like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. What the fuck is happening? And they're like, oh, it's politics. Ugh, Republicans and Democrats, you know, we don't need another Ruby Ridge, which we will discuss in Identity. Not now. I really wanted Emily to be like, I hate politics. Like, was that not the perfect time for her to be like, I hate politics? No, she didn't say it. Great. And then Bailey's like, don't worry about it. When Elias is like free, he'll give us Rossi's location. It's going to be great. So Tara and all of them are watching the recording and they're like, well, he's trying to say something. We're missing something, but they haven't found anything for Lee Duval." but they decide to look up surviving relatives. And I'm just going to finish this and then go back. And we learned that Lee's mom, Teresa, is Cyrus's half-sister, and her last name is Lennox. So Lee Duval's mother is Teresa Lennox, and the Lennoxes had a property that's in trust, and the original trustee is Jasper Voigt, who died with his son, Elias Voigt. And that they think that's where Lee Duval took his name. Mm-hmm. And then David Lennox is the current trustee, and they think it's an, an alias for Void. Now. Also note the pass the passport that he got that he has for his family, the last name on those is also Lennox. Because Sydney right. mentions like Claire Lennox, like who's that? Is that me? Like exactly. Yeah. So so is Duval then his father's name? Well, Cyrus's name was Duval, right? Right. So, and they said Teresa's maiden name was Lennox. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where the name came from, but maybe, maybe it got changed when he went to Cyrus. I don't know. Because Teresa Cyrus's the names were confusing sister. There. So we have Cyrus Duval and Teresa Lennox lived at the same time. And then Teresa yes. got married, but uh-huh. we don't know to whom. Maybe. You think to Jasper huh. Maybe I just misunderstood and maybe it was just, maybe her married name was Lennox and then her maiden name was Duval. I don't know. No, no, no. They, they, didn't really... they said her maiden name was Lennox, but they're okay, half so they sisters. Did. I don't know then. So they shared one, you know, one parent. One parent. Remarry. His then, name must have been Duval. Yeah. So like, let's say they're, 
Yeah, so let's say the mom was married to someone Duval, had Cyrus, who was Cyrus Duval, divorced and married someone Lennox and had Teresa Lennox. So then we have Lee Duval and Teresa Lennox. Or we have Cyrus Duval. Oh my god. Cyrus Duval and Teresa Lennox. And so Teresa must I don't have, know how Lee's name ends up being Duval unless it got changed, unless he changed it. Yeah, he must have changed it. Which could it. be because we said, because his parents did die in a fire that he was suspected for. Right. So Cyrus might have had his name changed to try and get him away from all that. That's very reasonable. Yeah. So Cyrus was like, you can have my last name. The thing that gets me though is like, so Teresa Lennox had a property that's in trust. But the original Which owner... Is, trust is for rich people, by the way. Right. Rich people have trusts. Right. The rest of us just have, like, a savings account with $300 in it. Rich people yeah. have trusts that own houses. Yeah. So the, but the original trustee was Jasper Voigt, who had a son named Elias Voigt. But they say that that death was the first time Elias Voigt's name ever comes up. Or our, that's when our Elias Voigt takes the identity of that other, or takes the name of that other Elias Voigt. Right. So Jasper and Jasper is just like a lawyer who was in charge of this trust. Uh, I think he wasn't like related to the, because a, a trustee is not like necessarily the like head of the family. A trustee is just like a member of a board who has legal administrative rights. That's what a trustee is. That's why it's like a board of trustees. So right. Jasper Voigt, they mention, is like a lawyer who died in a car crash with his son, Elias Voigt, on this day in 2002. 2002 is also the year we can pick up the record, the changeover from Lee Duval to Elias Voigt. So I don't think the Voigts are not related to Lennox's or Duval's at all. I think the Voigts are purely there to give Elias his name and then die. <laughs> so Jasper Voigt was like in charge of taking care of the house and all of that, but the house technically yeah. belonged to Teresa Lennox. Exactly. A lot of lawyers, a lot of like rich people do this. I've been reading about it. I've been reading about this for a story. I've been doing my fucking research. <laughs> so basically there will be like a head of like a state who is just purely there to help sort out the money side of things. Yeah. Especially if somebody within a rich family dies. Mm -hmm. So you have like a lawyer who's not related to the family at all, who does have theoretically has the family's best interest in mind, right. To be the administrator, to do all the boring paperwork shit for all the properties and money that you have. So I think with so Jasper Void is not in this family at all. He's just there to be like a paperwork right. guy to show that Teresa Lennox was rich enough to have a trust. Right. And so what I think is interesting is that Elias Voigt created the name David Lennox to hmm. be the current trustee. So he holds essentially owns the property and is the trustee for it. Yeah, so he has put himself into that sort of administrator role. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because when he describes the property to um, Sydney, he says the owner is a 
close friend of my mother's, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. He's just making up another lie. Yeah, it's just like a weird thing. So then JJ and Will are close by the house, but Bailey is like, I have to be there. JJ is not allowed to negotiate. I have to be there, which is like suspicious. So then we're at Elias's house. He's making breakfast. And Sydney is like the weird moose caller, huh? And Elias is like, oh, it's my boss's dog. And she's like, why do you like have a dog? And then Sydney says, you know, I don't trust you. Like, explain this to me. And he's like, fuck you. You're going to do what I fucking tell you to do. Just, you know, de-evolving all over her. And... Devolution. So true. And she sees his phone and she grabs it. And he, like, physically fights it. He almost, like, punches her in the face. Until the kids, like, yell at him. Yeah. And he sees a cop car at the window, grabs a gun, locks the family away. And then we see Bailey in his vest, uh, which was, like, nice while it lasted. His little vest. Nah, it's not that fucking polo shirt anymore. And he's like, I'm just going to let go in. And JJ's like, uh, no, no. Uh, no, thank you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he's like, set up your perimeter. I'm going inside. Great. And inside, of course, Sydney and the kids are freaking out. So they're like, you know what? Rossi's probably escaped. I like that at some point, Rossi cuts the cameras, and they're like, you know what? He's fine. Uh, he's not, by the way. But whatever. So then Bailey's like, I'm going inside. He knocks. He, like, stands there. And Voight was out. Elias comes out and goes, gold star indeed. Interesting. See, he's referencing, actually, that Doug Bailey is a gold star gay and has only ever had sex with other men. He, like, sees Bailey in the flesh and goes, oh, yeah. No, yeah, full gay. Oh, yeah. So gay. <laughs> yeah. How funny. Okay. So then, Luke, I said, hell yeah, Luke crouching with his little gun. And then Bill has this huge gun. And Bill says, do you think this cat void is going to listen to Bailey? And I was like, why are you calling him? A cat like an old-timey gangster, Will. I was going to say, it's very much like, shit, we have to make sure that Will's from New Orleans. Shit, shit, what do people in New Orleans say? And they watched a movie about fucking 1940s Prohibition New Orleans, and they're like, ah, cat, got it. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, Emily was asking, like, do you think Voight and Bailey have history? And then it's like, no, they probably share a secret. Gold star, wink, wink. And Emily says, you know, I saw... Bailey and Rebecca and the Attorney General talking and planning to let Voight go, you know. And Will and JJ, like, you know, the least we can do is get the wife and kids out, which is space smart. They're crawling out the window. I like the, like, they open the window and Will and JJ just kind of jog over and the wife's immediately like, here, take my fucking kids and go. Like, her distrust of the FBI, she's like, no, you know what? He was lying to me the whole time and I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm done. Yeah. I dig it. She just like tosses those kids out the window. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> sorry, Holly, you're getting yeeted. <laughs> yeah. And I absolutely love it. Except Elias. Okay. You need to explain this scene to me with Elias and Bailey because I kind of didn't listen. 
Except that I, they were like, we're the only two people who know about it. Yeah, and then Alliance just shoots Bailey in the head. Yeah. Incredibly sudden and very... I think almost this is meant to harken back to his intrusive thoughts that we've seen earlier. I think this is almost meant oh. to make you think that this is one of those intrusive thoughts, and but then, then like not. time just keeps going and you're like, wait, no, wait, hold on. He literally did just murder Bailey. Yeah. I think this is him finally like having one of those intrusive thoughts and acting on it. I think that's right. how it read to me anyway. It felt very like I was like half expecting for like a few seconds. I was like, oh, okay, this is one of those, this is one of those intrusive thought scenes, but it wasn't. And I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and he just shoots him in the head. You're right, because that's like what he was imagining before was just like beating somebody up or stabbing them or whatever. And then it's like, just kidding. But now he just like shot Bailey in the he head. He also imagined shot. shooting somebody in the head. His wife? I Maybe? think so. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then he goes into the bedroom where his family is. He grabs Sydney and like drags her back into the house. And then he shoots Will, but Will's like, fine. Will's fine. And Will's fine. And then he, like, puts the gun up to Sydney's head and, like, clicks it when it's empty. And Sydney is like, her oh, my God. Like, she's just heartbroken. Her face. Oh. I know. Her face. Luke comes into the house and does arrest Voight, but Voight recites his own Miranda rights. That's not permissible in a court of law. Somebody else will be reciting those to him at sometime soon, I sure hope. Somebody pointed out something true that's really interesting is like, I think Bailey's lying. I mean, he has to be lying that only he and Elias know about Gold Star. Because that confused me during the episode because like the attorney general knows, clearly Rebecca knows, like they're not the only two people. But I'm wondering if like Elias knows that he was bluffing. He was like, okay, you're going to lie to me and just like shot him. Like, I feel like it was, I'm thinking it was more that than it was, like, believing that they were the only two people, you know? Oh, because, for sure. Like, in what world does I also think Bailey know about it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, this is a government operation. There are 17 people who signed the paperwork for that. Right. Of course they're not the only two that know about Gold Star. So I think he should now, say he lies. I mean, sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, also, just because Doug Bailey is now a convenient patsy for the whole thing. And, mm. you know, I I still, I don't know. I don't know as though he necessarily shoots Doug Bailey because Doug Bailey lied. I don't think, I don't think, one way or another, I don't think Doug Bailey was coming out of that house alive no matter what. I think it truly was no, just like did. a snap decision of like, fuck it, let's get the show on the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Okay, so he goes to shoot Sydney with the gun is empty, and then Nuka arrests him and he recites his own Miranda rights. I have the right to remain silent. Anything I say can and will be used yeah. against me in the code of law. Oh my god, it's so good. So then Tara runs into Rebecca and is like, hey, Bailey's dead, Void shot him. And Rebecca's like, oh my god, holy shit, this is all gonna come down on me. And okay. What is Rebecca's job? <laughs> she was like an assistant to the attorney general. At the Department of Justice? Yes. Okay. 
Well, where else does the attorney general work? They've always worked at the Department of Justice. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was just confirming. I think she just. I think she just worked in the U.S. Attorney General's office, and she just had access because of that. I just. I. Didn't I think, think she was just a high-ranking. She might be the assistant attorney general. Or, or she's certainly up there. I don't know if they ever say specifically what her job is. Um, I think she's somewhere like an assistant to the attorney general. I don't know if she's assistant attorney general. Yeah. It just or says not, she's but a she's somewhere up there. Prosecutor. Yeah, well, she was a prosecutor when she like years ago when she prosecuted that one guy's case that they had to get her to go back on, but I don't she's somewhere in there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And then Rebecca and then and then Tara says, "What the hell is Gold Star?" And Rebecca is like, you know what gold star is but she says there are issues within the doj that i cannot and i will not tell you about you know so what if it's like the president (gasps) what if we meet the president we won't because the president is again joe biden they've they've circled remember they came out the wormhole of doubt it's now an actual president they're not gonna get joe biden on fucking criminal minds are you kidding me I mean, Fox and Rec got Michelle Obama, but... Yeah, but, like, Michelle Obama's cool. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. And then Penelope is like, I'm gonna need weeks to, like, actually get Elias's information, because when I tried to go through it, it was, like, all I could do not to get it to, like, destroy itself. And there's only one person who can talk to Void. So then JJ goes to talk to Sydney, and Sydney is like, I saw one of those boards that you made. And one of the dates, you know, July 9th. I saw your handiwork, JJ. This is all you've been doing this season. All you've been doing is making boards and boards and boards. <laughs> and I saw them. So, July 9th, 2013. She's like, that was two days before Harlow was born. And he was out there killing people. Sydney's blaming herself for his killing. You know, she's like, you don't believe I had no idea about this. You know, no one's going to believe that I didn't know this was happening. And JJ's like, look, Sydney and you and your daughters are going to go into witness protection and they're going to prosecute all the crimes under Lee Duval and not Elias Voigt. And I said, if Elias Voigt is his legal name, then how can they prosecute him under a different name? They do that all the time. Really? That, but Lee Duval is not his legal name. I feel like they've done, they do that quite often though. Really? Can I also just say, they're the U.S. government. Do you think they give a shit? No, you're Do right. Do you think they give a singular fuck? Do you right. think they care? They don't. You're right. Okay, so then JJ's like, hey, David Rossi's still being held somewhere. We need you to ask Elias where he is. And she's like, I don't want to see him. But then she does. And then we get this wonderful shot of her leaning against the interrogation mirror with Elias behind her. You know? So good. And he's basically like, I was trying to protect you and the girls and like keep my killing away, like that part of myself away from you. And she's like, so the two, op- like you would rather kill us than have us know the truth. Like, what the fuck is that? And I said, I said, you know, to him, them knowing the truth about him is worse than like them living, you know, like, I don't know. I don't think we fully understand him yet. You know? Like... Yeah. 
the thing with Cyrus and his own methodology and the network. Like, why did he make that network? You know, like, what was the point of that? And like, what is Gold Star and all this kind of thing? So yeah, so that's really interesting to me. And then I said that he's still playing her. Like, he's trying to guilt her and be like, there's no normal life for you anymore. Like, the next part's going to be awful. Yada, yada, yada. And then he apologizes. And she's like, where's Agent Rossi? And he's like, why does it matter? And she's basically like, no. Or he, he says, Eli says, David Rossi doesn't matter. And she's like, what does matter? Do you matter? Do I matter? Does our relationship matter? Like, does the past 15 years matter? Like, how is any of this real? And she's crying and he's crying. And I was like, oh, they're so married. The husband, wife emotions. Fucked, fuck me up, dude. Yes. Such a good, again, these two are fucking great. I know. And I, and it was interesting the way she's like, you know, was our marriage real or was it just an alibi? And I thought that was really interesting. Like, you know, Rossi called him a psychopath. Does he have feelings? Is he in love with her or literally was it just a cover? You know, and I think what's interesting, at least for me, was in the beginning of the season, we saw him like struggling. It was almost like the network was there to curb his desire. Like he was living vicariously, Mm -hmm. but then we find out he's been killing the entire time. It like never stopped. So then, you know, this monster is more of him than we thought it was. We thought he was like struggling. And in reality, Mm -hmm. like he has also been killing and doesn't care at all, you know? So I'm excited to see more of him, to be like, who is this guy? So then we get back to Rossi. His oxygen's at 19%. Oh, I skipped a scene earlier. Rossi is hallucinating Crystal. And she's like, you know, keep fighting. It's going to be okay. We'll get you out of here. And Rossi's like, nah, I'm ready to join you. I'm ready to die. It's my time to die. I'm going to die. So then- I'm 70. I'm all right. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I did my life's work. It's fine. I'm ready to die. We get to 19% oxygen. Rossi's fully given up. But then he like looks at the doors again and Crystal is there and she's like, dance with me. And he's got like music is playing and stuff. And she basically is like, you're being selfish by dying. Because if you die, then you never have to deal with my death. Like you dying is incredibly selfish. And I was like, so like, which is like true. But at the same time, I'm like, girl, he's 70. He's 70. Let him, Let him die and go to heaven and be with you. Like, what, you just want him to live for the next 10 years alone and sad? Even if he deals with her death, like, what does that mean? He's not going to date again. He's 70. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's 70. But also, this is not her. This is his head, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, it's your time to live. And there's like dust falling and daylight. And then Luke is like, Dave. It's okay, what's up? And and Rusty goes, I'm here. I'm alive. Which is very fun. Okay. Penelope's in Tyler's room and he sees her and goes, is this heaven? Okay, shut up. And then she's like, we need to start over again. You've ruined my trust. And then I just said, like, yeah, all the stuff we've been saying. He's selfish. He only cares about his own gratification. Like, he doesn't give two shits about Penelope, and he never even thought about her, and he's never going to think about her, etc. Back at Quantico. Everyone's in the elevator. 
they're all hugging. It's very nice. They have a group hug. They put Bailey's picture on the wall and Emily's all sad about it. Can we talk about how they finally gave her like a son and then like killed him? Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? What the I'm so What the fuck? They said sorry. Number Emily's... one, I can't believe that all of you guys were playing the fucking Oedipus complex when really that was just her boy. That was just her son. And I can't believe you of all people, you of all people are coming back in here like, yeah, that's her son. Like, come on. You asked me to support you in this mother-daughter relationship and I do it and you get and mad at me. And now it feels fake. And now it feels fake. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm supporting sorry. you. I'm keeping I'm my not. bullshit to myself. Because I really, I really do think it is written as like a, you know, son-mother relationship. I do believe that. Um, but it's actually so fucking sad that Emily lost, like, another child. They said Emily's not allowed to be a mother. We're never going to get enough. At all. Emily. At all. Anybody who, who even so much as sets off her parental instinct, they're catching bullets. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh. oh. Yeah, it's the truth. Okay. So then everyone's at Penelope's apartment. Can we talk about how the only locations in DC this season are Penelope's apartment and JJ's house? I know. They were really like, Low we're budget. only going to make. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to reuse these two sets as much as we fucking can. Yeah. So they're all saying Emily did like a really good job at the funeral and said a really good eulogy, and she met Bailey's dad. Emily meets Bailey's dad and is like, you know, whatever his opinions about the government, he needed to know that his son did a good job. And they all toast, and then Luke and Penelope are talking. And Penelope's like, I made some mistakes, but I caught myself and I course corrected. And I was like, that's incorrect. And then oh, Penelope's trying to remember an Emily Dickinson quote, and Luke quotes it. And she's like, you know Emily Dickinson? And he's like, well, I mean, I know, I know the quote. They're perfect together. She just needs to get her fucking head out of her ass. She'll get there. She'll get She's there. Better. We had a slow burn and then we interrupted it and now we're in for another slow another burn. Another slow. They were like, actually, we'd like to do that again, but more. <laughs> hey, can we can we get another run at this? Can I just, can we just take this from the top? Thank you. Take this from the top. Yeah. And then JJ's talking to Will and JJ goes, I have a confession. I don't like working with you because I don't like seeing you in like a hail of bullets and he's like but we make a good team and she's like we do next time don't get shot and he goes next time please don't join the BAU if Will joins the please BAU I'm gonna run. god no I feel like they'll probably just like work more with like the DC Metro Police or something you know and have Will there it was stupid of him to go into the field. That there was no reason for it. But I liked him. Literally. There. Why was he there? Why was he there? Why was he on the plane? Why was he there? He said oh, man. He said, babe, listen, we've been together for 14 years. I have never been on that goddamn airplane. Put me on I just airplane. have to know this fucking plane exists, babe. I just want to drink from the airplane bar and then I will be good to go. Anyway. Um Apparently, the attorney general said that Emily's criticisms of Bailey are what made him take risks. And it's like, it's Emily's fault that Bailey died. Fuck that woman. It's a very convenient way of tying up all the attorney general's loose ends, isn't it? 
Yeah. She literally has a bunch of other people to blame shit on. Yeah. And then they're trying to like calm it all down and Rossi's like, stop talking about work. And then Rossi says like, yeah, like, you know, it sucks that his ego got the best of him. And Emily and Tara talk about the gold star, that it wasn't in the report, etc. And then we see people dressed in like fucking like SWAT gear and shit go through the Seattle FBI office to make sure it's empty. Elias comes in unhandcuffed and then there's a mysterious door opening and we don't know who it is. They put Elias in this interview room and then they just showed the door opening. Yeah. Like we don't see a hand. We don't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We get it. You'll tell us later. We get it. You guys don't know who's opening that door. You guys haven't cast that person yet. Like we get it. I was really hoping this would be a tied up 10 episode arc because I can't form an opinion because I don't know how the storyline is going to go. We can still form an opinion. We've had 10 episodes. It is, I think this is effectively like they've caught him. It's done for now. You know, like I think this first part of Elias's story stands alone, even though there will be a continuation of whatever he knows. Like this is still stands alone before he gets his whole fucking Silence of the Lambs bad guy era. Do you think if they had gotten renewed, Elias would have died like we predicted? I don't know. I think, actually, if they hadn't gotten renewed, you know how I think the season would have ended? I think it would have ended with the same way, like, SWAT officers, like, clearing the room, Elias being said in an interview room. I think it would end... I think it would have ended with, um, like... Emily or Rossi sitting down at the table across from Elias. I think that's how the season, how the whole season would have ended if they hadn't gotten renewed. That's fair. One of them would have talked to him instead yeah. of it being like a cliffhanger. Like a mystery person. Yeah. So here's the question, James. Scale of 1 to 10. What are you ranking Memento Mori, episode 109? I don't know, like a 7. Really? I mean, the flashback was... bring it down that much for you? No, I just, it was good, but like Elias was really good. And then everything else, I was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go, hmm, do I want to go with you on a seven? I don't know as though I'd rank it that low. Rank it whatever you want, Bessie. I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. I think that's fair. 110, the season finale. I'll give it an eight. We've gone down. We had those three episodes that were like tens for you. You're going down to eight for the season finale. Penelope and Tyler make me so mad. So mad. Yeah. You know what? That's actually super fair. I I don't know as I'm going to go with you. I might go with a nine because I do I do enjoy. I think it, it wraps everything up pretty well. There, besides Elias being alive and talking to a mystery person, what did we not get wrapped up this season? You know, do, do we have any other overhanging storylines? Not really. I will like besides I, Elias and Goldstar, that's it, and that's obvious. Yeah, and that's like obviously setting the stage for a second season. I will or say seventeenth season. It technically isn't unwrapped because they never broached it. Luke and Emily's personal life. Yeah, but they never talked about it. They never unwrapped it to begin with, so we can't put it back. You know, yeah. like what did they not? Yeah, they didn't. I'm gonna give it a nine purely because I think it's a good season finale. Yeah. Fair enough. I think it's good. Do you have any final thoughts on this season? I feel like we've said it all. I liked it a lot. I liked it more than I thought I would. Can I say that? I think that's a fair 
assumption. I liked it way more than I thought I would. Absolutely. I didn't think I would like it this much, but I do. I really do. I'm, dare I say, excited for season two or season 17. I'm kind of excited for season two or season 17. (laughs) (laughs) The way we have to say two or 17 is so bullshit. It's so bullshit. I really hope they clarify. I really hope they do. So that's it. Our work, I don't think, James, go with me. I don't think we're going to do like a like a season ranking video or episode extra episode this time around we will however do that fucking years down the line when we do talk about this in chronology with everything else so look forward to it at that time our final rankings for this season yours was a 8.6 mine was an 8.9 both pretty high rankings we both enjoyed this season quite a lot yeah I liked it a lot. And with that, that's it. I think we're done with this season. We're done with Evolution Season 1 or Criminal Minds Season 16. No, we don't know which one it actually is. It's one of those two. Join us next week for when we talk about Season 3, Episode 7, Identity. Yes, yes, We're going right back into the fucking bangers, gang. We're going right back into the fire. And we're moving and shaking. Once a week, we will be posting a Season 3 episode. Well, just about once a week, give or take. (laughs) We'll see. Until next time, you can find us on any way you get your social medias at Wheels Up Pod. You can also leave us little like comments in the comment section on Instagram or the Q&A section on Instagram. We just treat that like a comment section. Uh, You can leave us voice memos on Spotify. Yes. I'm tired. No. Yeah. Sorry. Keep playing. I'm tired. Let me live. Let me live. Do it. You can leave us voice messages on Anchor if you'd like to correct us, or if you'd like to email us directly, you can do so at at, uh, wheelsup at brightcrownmedia.com. James, for one last time for Criminal Minds Evolution, do you have an ending quote for me, bestie? As Tara Lewis says, what the fuck is Gold Star? What the fuck is Gold Star? And that question will be answered, hopefully, in season two or 17 of Criminal Minds Evolution? I guess we'll see. I guess. I guess we'll see. Ooh, we're done.